Welcome into the John Neighbors Show here live from Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening and watching in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. I am your host, John Neighbors, and thank you for making us a part of your afternoon. This afternoon is it is a Monday, so plenty of things to react to that happened over the sports weekend, especially from the Razorback side of things, too. A lot of things to dive in, but we'll talk a little NFL because the Super Bowls have been officially set former Razorbacks that are going to be involved there, as well as look at what's going on in college basketball and also uh, give some updates to the Razorback baseball team as Andrew Ellis is there currently going to give uh, some, I'm sure, really astute observations from what you can take away inside of a Razorback baseball scrimmage. So we'll do that later in the show. But as we know, there's a lot of things happening in the Razorback sports landscape, especially when it comes to the Razorback basketball team. Now, we will talk about, once again, Arkansas taking another L uh, which seems to be par for the course in the SEC, at least so far, to get into the Kentucky Wildcats, which actually, I don't care what anybody says, it was a closer game than what I thought. Arkansas played a better game than what I thought. But as much as there is to take away from that game, it's really not the story or at least the headline that people are wanting to talk about right now. It's Devo Davis, the Razorback guard, who, of course, has been a part of this Razorback basketball program for the past four years. And being this fourth season of his, his senior year, it's expected to have another big year and be a leader for this team. But as for those of you who, of course, were watching the game and even listened to our live stream or watched our live stream, we all know that Devo Davis is no longer with the team. He has officially left the Razorback basketball program. Now, there's no new statements that's been made from Eric Musman or the university. It honestly probably won't have anything, at least here today. It'd be nice just to have for the sake of knowing but it was quite the strange thing. It was a strange set of circumstances that really played out because to kind of walk you through the timeline before we welcome in Scotty Bordelin and Curtis Wilkerson here to give their thoughts and opinions, it looked as though Devo was just as part of a team as ever. You know, on Friday, he was at a local elementary school here in Fayetteville giving back, and social media posts were going around. There was no indication or anything as far as from the social media presence of Devo Davis that he was no longer with the program or with the team at all. And then late Friday night, a lot of people started hearing some rumors, some speculation that Devo may not be playing against Kentucky. People could have chalked it up to injury or some sort of punishment or anything like that. But still, rumors, speculation, all that stuff happens all the time, as we know, especially in a small town and in a small state like the state of Arkansas. But it's hard to know what's real and what's not. But then college game day comes around and 
still the the amplification i don't know that's a word i just made it one it started really going hard and heavy for devo not playing but also not even being a part of the team and then right before tip we get the official statement released by the university of arkansas that says devo davis is no longer with the razorback basketball program now i'll say just for my opinion when i saw that it was a pretty big shock to me because even though there had been some rumors and speculation to see devo who has been a part of this program for so long has been a mainstay for the program to leave the program once again, which he technically left the program a year ago, to see it happen again was pretty disappointing, pretty shocking, and pretty surprising for all intents and purposes. But then it got taken to one step further where people were speculating as to why Jay Billis, who's on the call for the Arkansas-Kentucky game, which again, I wish we could play the clip for you, but when he started giving his opinion on the matter, which was just an opinion, he mentioned the words as AWOL, that Debo Davis had gone AWOL, and had quit on his team and quit on his teammates. And nobody really knew what to make of it. And it was a big surprise to everybody. So that's really where it was left. And that's really where it still is today. Devo's still not a part of the team. I don't think anyone's expecting him to be traveling with the team as they'll be taking on Missouri on Wednesday night. But I don't care what anybody says. We don't know. But it still doesn't mean we can't talk about it. Now we're going to talk about things in good faith. We're never going to bring up anything that we don't have any feelings on or any opinions on or any logical conclusions that we can draw from it. And we hope that you all do the same because I know that there's always rumor and speculation. Anytime somebody like Devo Davis, who's such an important figure for Razorback basketball, for him to not be a part of the program, it's just human instinct for all of us to want to know why. And it could be any player, especially in, in Devo's same position. People want to know why. And all we have to go on in this point is just He's not there. So human instinct is going to have speculation. You're going to start believing things that maybe make sense to you or maybe that you want to believe or maybe that sounds like it could be correct. But I want to make it very clear, at least on this program, folks, the only things that we're going to be discussing is just things that we know in good faith about. We want to make sure that it gets talked about and discussed because it is a story. But we also don't want to make reckless assumptions about anything. Because at least how I feel about it, this could be deeper than just something that's going on on the basketball team and being basketball related. Devo's been an in-state kid that's been a great addition and a huge part of this great era of Razorback basketball over the past few years. And he demands and, and absolutely deserves the respect of Razorback fans because of that fact. But he also deserves his privacy, too, for whatever may be going on in his life, that we hope that everything is going well for him and that he'll be able to come out on the other side better from it. We do know he's healthy. We do know his state from that is that he is fine. And it's nothing like he's gone missing or anything like that. But we want to make it clear that anything that we discuss today is something that we just believe, that we have logical belief or logical reason to believe into it, and that we won't, won't want to make any reckless assumptions or dive into anything that may be harmful to Devo, to Devo's family, or to anybody in the Razorback basketball program. So we want to make that clear, but we still need to discuss it. We still need to talk about it. So let's go ahead and welcome in the guys themselves. It is Scotty Borderland as well as Curtis Wilkerson of Natty State Sports doing a great job as always. So guys, uh, how are we feeling on this Monday? Getting back in uh, third week, right? Third week of Natty State Sports. So we're going strong right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd say we're going strong. It was kind of crazy looking at the calendar today and, and seeing we've only been doing this for a couple weeks. I mean, it feels like months, but in a good way. You know, yeah, I was like say, make sure it's a good way. You know, like <laughs> yeah. we've, we've gotten a lot done and, and we've learned a lot and I don't know, it just... I just feel like I've been here longer than two weeks. I, I think it's a good thing. Way. Settling in a little bit, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
yeah, you know, with the with the Devo stuff, it's uh, it, it's troubling. You know, there's been some history there. You worry about you know Devo. You worry about anybody when there's circumstances like this going on. So it is good to hear. Uh, you know, at least that, at least it sounds like he's doing well. He's okay, you know, from that standpoint. Uh, but it is a weird situation. I mean, obviously, I, I spent a better part of Sunday just reaching out to, you know, different people within the program to see if I could get a better handle on what's going on. And, and naturally, they're, you know, they weren't giving up a lot there, and I don't blame them. Uh, it's just one of those situations where I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of detail, at, at least from, you know, people who are who are really, really close to the situation. But, um, you know, I, I wonder if Jay Billis, I mean, he's, he knows what he's doing. And so I, I just don't feel like he would have said some of the things that he said. And I know he wasn't necessarily reporting anything, but he wouldn't have made the comments that he made if he didn't have a, a pretty good idea of what that situation is looking like. So, you know, like some of the things I would like to know is, you know, was Devo at practice on Friday? Was he at the shoot around before the game Saturday? Like, did the, did the coaches know he wasn't going to be there? Did they communicate that to him? Was it Devo's decision? Was it a coaching staff decision? Was it mutual? Like there, there's just a lot of dots, I think, you know, yet to be connected. And I, I don't know if that's going to happen. And quite honestly, I don't, I don't know if we're going to see him again in a, in a Razorback uniform. Yeah, this, uh, this quote, stepping away from the program just feels different from the last one. And I think the timing of it makes it a little bit different. Like the first time that he stepped away was after Maui, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, that's Thanksgiving week. And it's not even December yet. You're about to get this. This one is coming, you know, right before February hits. Will he come back? I mean, I just don't know that the timing makes sense. We don't know if Arkansas would have him back. We don't know if Devo wants to go back. Um, but I, like, like Curtis, I I reached out to somebody yesterday who knows Devo. Um, just said, hey, just genuinely curious if the, if he's okay. Like. He's, I've always really enjoyed my time talking with him. He's been at SEC Media Days, you know, the last two years, traveled, you know, covered his games. Uh, got a one-on-one -on -one with him after the Kansas game in March, which was, I mean, it was one of the cooler things I've done in my career. So you got to, you know, kind of take all that into account. Um, I just, I've really appreciated his time. And I'm like, we've me and Curtis have covered every second that, that he's played here. Um, and so you know, you build relationships with kids and I would hope that, you know, he's enjoyed the time that he's spent with us. Uh, so you, you kind of grow genuinely uh, curious if he's okay. And I got a text that said he's okay. So that was, that was a, a, a positive. Um, and that we, we talked about that on the pod at the palace today. We just, we hope, we hope our guy's okay. Yeah. And see, that's the thing that we got to remember in this. Cause I don't I like, you know, everybody kind of tries to go out for clicks or tries to go out for you know, shock value. And, you know, listen, I, I've, I've been in this business just like these guys have for a long time. And I understand sometimes you got to drive what's the content and what, you know, that's what our job is, is to drive content, to drive interest in everything. But there's also a time where you got to remember where, like in this case with Devo, uh, I know you guys have had a much closer back and forth with him than I have, you know, because I just moved back to Fayetteville. I've had some discussions with him and, you know, SEC basketball media days and everything. And he's always just been awesome, awesome to talk to and everything. And so I think it's always puts you in a different lens of how you, you view certain people and certain players when you've actually had a, a sit down and talk with them or, or anything. And this is what makes it so sad, but at the same time, uh, so interesting. And I mean that in, in, the, in the best way possible because Devo is a competitor. I mean, Devo is a guy who he's a basketball player. At the end of the day, that's, what, that's who he is. He's a basketball player. 
And because of him being a basketball player, to see him not playing basketball, stepping away from the team, I know things haven't gone great this year. And I don't think it's the way that any anybody, us, must, the coaches, the player, nobody is looking at this year's back. Like, yeah, this is about what we expected. So I get the frustrations are there, but that's what I guess makes it such a, a scary thing is knowing how much of a competitor Devo is, how much he wants to win, how much he loves Arkansas. I mean, this guy didn't have to come back this past year. Not saying he would have gotten drafted into the NBA, but he could have moved on with his professional career. He could have moved on somewhere else. He could have transferred out, but he loves Arkansas. He loves where he's been. The dude is March Devo for a reason. I mean, he's had some great moments in the NCAA tournament. So I guess to me, that's what's made this so... I even hate to use the term scary because maybe it's a little bit over the top, but at least so alarming that a guy who is basketball, 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 for him to step away from basketball, it has to be something serious enough or at least be impacting him enough for him to step away from who he is, which is a basketball player. Yeah, I, I and I, I'm not going to steal Scotty's thunder here, but I am going to tee him up because I, I thought he made a really good point on the pod earlier this morning, just about uh, you know kind of who Devo is and, and his personality as a player, which has just been uh, he's just different and he's unique in in so many ways. And uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned today that that I I think the people would appreciate you touching on is just you know how we've seen in the past that he's, you know, kind of lost that joy of playing. And then, then when he finds it, he's just a completely different player. And, and this year's felt different. It has. And, you know, when he was emerging as a freshman, I did a one-on-one -on -one Zoom with him. And, you know, I'm a, I've got one tattoo, but I'm a big tattoo guy. Like yeah. I just love, you know, talking to guys about their tattoos and stuff. Uh, because I, th I think they all, uh, unless you, you know, you got it because you lost a bet. There's normally, there's typically a story which, behind it, which there is, you know, I mean, I guess you can have stories <laughs> behind tats on lost bets yeah. too. Um, but just to get to getting to know him as a person, I think was uh, illuminating, you know, maybe when he was a freshman, because uh, there was no hot, I mean, there was no hotter topic that, that year that he was a freshman and, you know, the in-state kid is emerging. Um, and I did that before, you know, he hit the, um, you know, before he started having all of his, his NCAA tournament success. And, you know, another year goes by, he wasn't the same guy his sophomore year as he was as a freshman when he was breaking out. Junior year, you know, there were some moments where just kind of like, man, he's like, he's even getting, feels like farther away from what he was when he was coming out as a, as a freshman, as like a big time contributor. Um, and, you know, Eric would talk about Devo after games when Devo would play well, and he'd be like, yeah, he, he you know, it feels like he, you know, he found his joy again. Him and him and Eric had a lot of conversations about finding your joy again, loving to play the game, um, and playing for the love of the game. And it just feels like over time he's kind of hardened a little bit. Um, whether it's you know pushing the what was it, the Northern Iowa guy out of bounds, yeah, you know, Tex flagrant ones. I don't know. I, I just think. And then I mentioned this too on the pod. How many? Like how many? What would you set the over under at on number of teammates that he's had here? I mean, think about all oh, the yeah, different personalities, way, yeah. all the different egos that he's played with, and you've basically got to start brand new, clean slate almost every year because you can count typically Arkansas's returning guys on like two fingers. Um, I imagine that's emotionally taxing, mentally taxing, and you've got to get, these, get to know these guys off the court well before you can, it seems like, have that on-court chemistry. Um, and then the on-court chemistry and the basketball side of things is a completely di it's a completely different deal. You might click with somebody off the court, but it might just, you know, you might not complement each other on the court. And that, you know, that's 
you can struggle with that, I guess. Um, yeah, I just I kind of think he's hardened over the years, and it, it, it sucks to, to say that. And to when I first had that thought, I was like, God, that sucks. Because he was just – he was the kid as a freshman in the bubble in Indy. He was wearing shades inside so the haters couldn't see him. And he was sharing bags of candy in the locker room. Justin Smith told me that story when I was putting that, that piece together when Devo was a freshman. Um, Justin Smith had been around the block at the time when they were teammates. And Justin Smith's like, yeah, this, this, this kid's a character. Like, I've never been around anybody like him. Um, and Justin Smith was in his final year that year. Played with a lot of guys. So, yeah, Devo's just – he's unique. And he's been Arkansas basketball for four years. Been the staple, you know, of these runs that, that you know, Eric's led this team on. Devo's been right there. You know, you you mentioned just maybe just the number of teammates, you know, that he's he's gone through over the course of four years. And, you know, we've obviously seen a lot of comments and, and heard a lot about, you know, what's going on in the locker room. Like, is there is there drama within the team? Well, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a pretty fair assumption. I don't know specifics, but I yeah, I think there's probably some issues with this oh, team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty obvious with the way that they've played. Um, and I don't know how much of it involves Devo or, you know, like whatever. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly been some chemistry issues with this group for whatever reason uh, that goes beyond just playing on the floor. I, I think that that's obvious. But it, I did like to see yesterday, you know, kind of the outpouring of support on social media from several guys, you know, many guys on the team, at least most of them who I, you know, follow on Instagram or whatever, were just posting messages of support or, you know, pictures of them with Devo or whatever. Um, and so that's good to see because, you know, you think about some of the accusations or whatever, or, or the thought that maybe he went AWOL or he quit on his teammates, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, but if, if, if that were the case, like would, would as many of these guys have you know put out those messages of support you know where they just be like hey man forget this guy like he he quit on us you know what i mean so that that seems kind of telling to me um and i was happy to see it i just i just don't know what it means you know I, like yeah. i don't i have no idea honestly you know what the what the future holds you know in, in terms of devo and, and arkansas basketball I, I just don't know yeah one of those social media posts i saw from uh, i think it was like an instagram story from jeremiah davenport like jd's been here what since May, late yeah. May, I guess, and I would guess that him and him and Devo are tighter. He just he grew to you know have a bond with JD and um, or with Devo in a, in a short amount of time, and he you know showed him some love. I mean, those guys are, I mean, they've been together for the last what seven or eight months now with each other almost every single day. So you know when one of your guys leave, like if you got up and like if you were gone for however long, like you left and I didn't didn't know if you were coming back or not. Like I'd be pretty tore up too, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I, and that's another thing too, where maybe it's not that we forget about it, but I've always felt like when it comes to certain players, uh, and I not trying to compare circumstances, I'm comparing it to a player leaving, but I think back to like Traylon Burks, when Traylon Burks decided to opt out of the bowl game and go on to the NFL fans, not all of them, but some of them had a negative reaction to that. It's like, Hey, quitting on your team and in, in, in the middle of this, like you got, you got a reward for a bowl game at the end of the season. Like that should be something you all should strive to be. But my whole feeling on it is if this, if his teammates were okay with it, if his coaches were okay with it, then I'm okay with it. And I'm not saying that I, I don't know what's going on with the team and the coaches and maybe not, maybe, maybe must, or maybe some of the coaches, some of the players are uh, not happy about this. But as you mentioned, some of the ongoing support and everything from current teammates and former teammates, 
I'm not saying that you just got to be okay with it and move on, but I do believe that that shows, hey, whatever's going on with Devon, wherever he's leaving, is having at least uh, a reaction from some of his teammates where they're like, hey, we get it. We wish you nothing but the best. And I think that that speaks volumes too. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of feel like I'm about to be speaking out of, out of both sides of my mouth here, I guess. But I, it seemed a little bit telling, I guess, to me, and this is just me connecting dots, but like, you know, post game must didn't really have anything to add. And I don't like, he doesn't have to give us details about it or whatever, but, um, and, and maybe he was just instructed to do that, or maybe that was his decision just to kind of go the, the no comment route. Like we put out a release and that's that, but to not hear the, you know, Hey, we, we support him or, you know, like we've, we've got his back or thoughts or, you know, like there was none of that. And I feel like there was last time. I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't know if maybe I'm reading too much into it or maybe if that could be telling in regards to, you know, Wasn't whether that, or not they didn't expect he, him didn't back. He, didn't Eric say something along those lines the first time that he I stepped thought away? So. I feel like it's like he's got our, you know, he's got our full support. And we, yeah. You know, we wish the best for, I, for I'm Devo almost or, I'm almost certain that was the case. Yeah. And, and I, I we certainly didn't like get that this that. time. And I'm not throwing yeah. shade at Must for that, but right. like, you know. I just it's just something I noticed. And so yeah. I wonder if that's telling the of, comment you know, was, the, the I'm situation. Stick to Mike's thing, thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I I think we I think we might have the clip, but yeah, it was uh he didn't really have any interest in, in giving any extra details there and I don't I don't really know that he will. Yeah, in fact I'm glad you brought that up, Curtis, because yeah, this was the this is just the video, plain and simple, of uh, what Musk had to say after the game about Devo Davis on top of the statement he made. Clear up the situation surrounding Devo and just kind I of think my, did Mike uh, give a, a release? Uh, just that he was. Yeah, no, that's that. I mean, okay. whatever Mike said. Thank you. Yeah. Devo stepped away. Does that mean he's left the team permanently? I'm just going to stick with Mike's thing. Thank you, Bob. I mean, is he is the door open for him to come back? I'm, I'm just going to stick with Mike's thing. I, pr I appreciate the job you got, and and um, that's you know that's what it is. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> you can't ever say that Arkansas media doesn't ask those tough questions. Right. Uh, I mean, they were they were asking Musk, and everyone was trying to know. But, uh, you know, Musk is – I'm sure he's aware of the situation. I mean, I'm not saying he was aware that Devo – maybe he didn't know that Devo was not going to show up. Again, we don't know the the details. It's just start, as far as when you're putting two and two together, you know, if, if that's the statement he wanted to put out, that's where they're leaving it. And I'm not yeah. surprised or not saying they're like, oh – must is misdirection. It's like, no, he's he's handling it the way it should be handled, where he's like, that's our statement. Until sure. we Devo's ready, until we're ready to whatever, that's the statement. Leaving it at that, that's how it is. Yeah. And we we you know, it wasn't a surprise to anybody that was in the arena, um, you know, an hour and a half in from the game until it started. Um, I mean, you can tell we we knew that T B wasn't gonna play because he came out for, you know, team stretch at like an hour before tip off and he wasn't one of the guys stretching. Yeah, so just we knew that, sweats, that yeah. he was going to be out, officially was out, I guess, when, or I knew he was going to be officially out when that happened. And then confirmation came when the pregame radio show happened. Um, there was no mention of, of Devo on the pregame radio show that, I, that I'm aware of. I, I think I stopped listening a few minutes before the game. I could have said it after that, or after I cut it off. But And that, it, that's it, a good that's a good point because, you know, a lot of that, they, like even the, like the interviews with Moss and stuff, like they pre-record those. Right. You know, and so yep. maybe there was just nothing to be said at that time. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out like I'm having organic thoughts here. So I'm just I'm, I'm thinking out loud. But like, you know, with college game day on campus and you know everything surrounding that, like I just, I just feel like had they known 
wouldn't they have gotten out ahead of that a little bit differently? Like, you know how they'll, anytime there's a game on ESPN, like it'll, they'll jump to the screen and be like, oh, tip off in 20 minutes or whatever. And then it'll be like, uh, you know, Arkansas Devo Davis not expected to play tonight or whatever. But it was literally, if, if I saw correctly, like breaking Devo Davis steps away from the team, like right as the broadcast kind of started. So yeah. I just. No, we got that email like 10 minutes. Had they yeah. known, wouldn't they have that's been more strategic? Point. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's so, a great point because that's, and I think that's where a lot of this, you know, I don't even want to call it speculation, but just putting two and two together. Yeah. That's where a lot of it comes from where, you know, they're, if like, they all know that if they knew that Devo was not going to be playing well before that, they would have approached it differently. Now, would they have put out a statement before the game? Yeah, but I think that would have it, what, what it looked like to me, complete and total just speculation on my part. What it looked like to me is that he wasn't there. There was still a chance that he would be there. Maybe he showed up late, but then when it was game time and he wasn't there, they're like, just put it out, just get some out because we know everyone's going to be asking. ESPN people are going to be asking. Everyone's going to be asking, so just put it out. It just gave the vibes that they were still not still like just waiting for Devo to arrive, but there may have still been that door open to where he could have possibly still showed up for the game, played, maybe not even play, but just be on the bench. Like something would have happened or some could have been put together, but when he was just a no show, not even there, it's like, hey, just put it out there. He's not with the program. I mean, that, that's at least, again, my total opinion. That's just the vibe that it gave of the timeline and how these things are usually handled, at least under Eric Musselman in the basketball team. I think I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. But it sucks, man. Like it just it it really does. Um Devo's just he's he's been like the guy for so many big moments, like the last the last four years and he just the ups and downs have just and they've been high and they've been low. Um I like I, I think I said this on the pot at the palace. I hope he does come back. Um, I just it would I just don't want his career to end this way. No. You know what I mean? Like no. come back and come back and hope. But above all else, I'll, I'll extend that. I'll say I hope he comes back because I think Devo at his best is good for this team. Like yep, you know morale, uh, personality. But above all else, I think I just I want him to find his his joy and his peace again, whether that's hooping or not. Yeah. yeah, and also want to throw in something else too, real quick. That um, again, I wish I could play the video, but let's not forget that this was less than a year ago when Arkansas beat Kansas in the NCAA tournament, go to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, CBS was interviewing Muss right after the game ended, and you know he was all fired up and excited. And Devo's the first one to go over there because he was the player of the game, the first one to go over there, and then they just hug and embrace each other. And then, you know, Devo says how much he loves him. And then Musk is like, I love this kid. And then Devo gets so emotional. And I know this is about Devo for sure, but I would have to think that this has got to be pretty tough on Musk too. Because there is a special friendship, relationship, uh, you know, coach to, to player connection there that you really see and you saw in that moment. And you saw after that game, I mean, yeah, it's easier to be all high and mighty when things are going good, but... You know, I, I just don't think Muss and Devo's like seeing that at the end of the Kansas game and seeing that embrace and seeing that reaction. There was nothing fake about that. There was nothing forced to buy that. There was, I think, there was a genuine appreciation and respect for one another. And you know, you, you guys brought up how much 
Devo has been a part of this program and how he's basically been here since Muss has been here, essentially. And for it to go this way, it's got it's got to. I would think it's got to be really tough on Muss to whether whatever it's going on, but having Devo no longer be with the program. Yeah, I mean, Devo is is Muss's first and only four year player at at Arkansas and probably Nevada. I don't know about Nevada for sure, but I know that's the case with Arkansas. Good chance of it. Um, yeah, and then I mean, how many of those guys did he have in the NBA? I mean, he he hasn't even been in places you know for four years at a time very often. So I can't imagine a lot of his players have. So I'm sure it's a a complicated, but obviously a a unique and and strong bond between those guys. So it is a. It is just a bizarre deal. And, and, you know, like in terms of, of what's next or what we're going to find out, like I don't – I mean, it's 4.30 on Monday and, and, you know, we don't have any correspondence about a, a pregame presser and they travel tomorrow. So, I mean, I guess they could send us something late and do it early in the morning, but I'm not necessarily anticipating that, that we get to talk to Eric. Um, I don't know that he would say anything about it on his radio show at Sassy's tonight unless it was kind of a, you know, pre-planted opportunity for him to, to make a statement. But – I uh, like I, I don't know that we're gonna have a clue here unless Devo himself makes a statement or you know he just shows up or doesn't in Columbia on Wednesday. It's yeah. kind of kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think so. I don't think the only, the the only person that's gonna have the whole story is Devo. Like Devo's just Devo's gonna have to. He doesn't have to, but if I mean if he wants the if he wants the story out there, it's gonna be him that does it. Um, going back to that, you know, post game, you know, embrace interaction that he had with Eric after the Kansas game it partly had to, it was so moving and powerful I think in the moment because of not only the game that Devo just had the team that they beat the the struggles that that team had been having but it was everything from everything before that from like the moment that he got to campus all the way up until that point just hell of a lot of highs hell of a lot of lows just with probably just with those two um and then you're on the mountaintop, it feels like, in that moment. I mean, that's 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 the epitome of a player-coach relationship. And it's – yeah, the Curtis is right. It's complicated, no doubt about it. Um, but that's – I mean, a lot of stuff the previous three years went into that 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 really memorable moment last March. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll throw in this too. And I know we'll, we'll talk about the game itself and kind of look ahead because there were – as I hate to say it, but there were some positives, I guess, you could take from the game against Kentucky – uh, that we'll dive into. But uh, the final thing I'll say on this, too, is, you know, we'll get to some of your comments, at least some of them, and people are going to have their own thoughts on this. And, you know, some people are going to have the thoughts of 100%, hey, you know, whatever is going on in Devo's life and everything's like, it's, I hope he handles it. And then other people are going to take off soft these days, you know, all that stuff. Here's my thing is, you know, a lot of cases, there can be some in between. There can be times where, Having sympathy or empathy for certain people is warranted and needed, especially in this day and age in social media, which I know you can say it's soft, but I think social media has complicated a lot of people and a lot of people's emotions, a lot of people's thought processes. And just because you feel like people need to get over it, not everyone's built that same way. You know, some people are ment more mentally tough than others. Some people are able to ignore some things and not ignore other things, too. Like there's just a lot of different ways to approach it. But when it comes to this particular case in Devo, I think the approach until we know something, until we know for a fact of what's going on or anything, the approach is just really of needs to be about let's just hope whatever it Devo is going through, let's hope that he comes out better from it in the end. Let's hope that it's something to where, you know, if, it, if it's rejoining the team, 
if it's coming back on the team, which I don't think any of us at this point in time feel confident about that, but if it's Kim coming back onto the team, if it's him uh, just you know finding whatever it is that he needs or finding the help that he needs or, or whatever it is, whatever's going on, I think everybody just wants to and needs to know and understand that this needs to be about Devo. It needs to be about Devo being better and getting better. So regardless of what it is and what the reasoning is, just since we don't know for anything, at least at this point in time, I think the hope and I think everybody's feeling just needs to be like, let's just hope Devo gets better. Now, if it comes out that Devo just flat out quit on his team and didn't tell anybody and gave the double birds to everybody as he walked out the door, okay, then let's talk about that. And let's have some negative reaction to that. But until we know, I just have a hard time coming down on somebody like Devo who has done so much for this university and so much for this state. And so a guy who is nails in the NCAA tournament. A guy who's been able to do all that to say he's soft. A guy's on the biggest stage as a freshman hitting a game winner against Oral Roberts. Soft? A guy that, you know, has been, has put himself out there. NIL deals and, you know, been a part of the university and been the captain, if you will, of this team. And again, the biggest stage every year comes through in the clutch and comes through with big play after big play. I have a hard time believing anybody like that is mentally soft or that he just doesn't have it together. We all have issues. We all have things and battles that we go through, but... The last thing I think of Devo Davis is that he is soft because he has proven time and time again things that none of us, especially me, could ever go up on that type of stage in front of that many people in those moments and be able to perform at the high level that he did. That's not somebody that's mentally soft. That's, that's my viewpoint. You can't be mentally soft when you're that guy. Yeah, I think when you know when people are under the spotlight and and things are magnified for them like it is for athletes, like it, it it's pretty easy to forget about just the human element of things and like these guys all have lives outside of basketball. Who are we to say that this is a, a basketball related thing? We don't know. Uh, who knows what's going on in, in his personal life? You know, people don't know what I've got going on. People don't know what John's got going on. It's the same for Devo and, and everybody else on that team and that staff. And so, like. Like, no, like I'm not naive to all the speculation and, and rumors and everything that are going around out there. But you just I, I would just suggest like not subscribing to that until, you know. And so where I'm at with it is, you know, from my viewpoint, been around Devo since he got to Arkansas and just appreciate him for everything he's done for the program. And he, really, it's helped me because the better Arkansas has been, the, the better I've, I've gotten at my job yeah. and, and the more people read and listen. So, like, I, I appreciate that side of it, too. But. Yeah, for now, I just, you know, I worry about Devo, the person, you know, especially until we kind of figure out for sure, if we ever do, like what exactly is going on here. And just remember, he's a person, too. He's he's not just a guy that twice a week plays basketball. Yep. Just remember that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we just got to keep continue to remember that, folks. So, again, I know there's a lot of other things that we'll get into. We'll talk about the Arkansas-Kentucky basketball game. If there's anything you can actually take from it, you know, we'll see. We'll try to maybe make something out of it, but we'll try. Uh, but we'll talk about that. I know we'll have a lot of your comments that we'll try to get to as well. And we're going to keep it moving here on the John Neighbors Show presented by Natty State Sports. Take a break and come back with us here in just a second. So stay with us. We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied. We're not done. We're not done yet either. 
So don't be satisfied. We not done. We not done yet. Well, Fayetteville is 1,843 miles away, but the call of the Hawks can be heard all the way to San Francisco. Let's dig my dick in the mashed potato. Go Hawks. Powered by Arkansas for Arkansas. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. The John Neighbors Show is live from the Natty State Sports Studios. Welcome back into the John Neighbors Show here live from Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. As uh, we got a lot more things to dive into, of course, I am your host, John Neighbors. You got Curtis Wilkerson and Scotty Bordelin joining us as well here live. As uh, I know, uh, Andrew Ellis will actually be joining us later to talk more about uh, some basketball or baseball stuff because he's at the scrimmage right now. So looking forward to getting some uh, updates and recaps on those two uh, guys. You were at the uh, game, Arkansas, Kentucky. Um, so Arkansas still lost, uh, but it was better than maybe what we thought. 63 to 57 was the final score. Arkansas actually led in this game, uh, had a potential chance to close out, but could not maybe some better performances, but overall just, and I hate to put it this way, but it's like, can you really like take maybe something positive from it? Like, hey, maybe this is why the team's actually not going to make the NCAA tournament, but maybe turn it around a little bit. Like, can you do something from that right now? I mean, before we get into this, do we need to decide, does Natty State Sports believe in moral victories? Like, are we are we on that train or not? I'm not, not yet, no. Not I, I don't think you can build on a loss. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. It, you know, I, I think my biggest takeaway from it... Um, and again, it means literally nothing unless the same thing happens at Missouri Wednesday and then at LSU on Saturday. They played hard. Like the the effort that has been missing was there. Like the they look like a team that wanted to win and wanted to compete. And we just haven't seen that much at all, honestly, in SEC play. Um, you know, and then and must must mention this as well, like they were just connected. Like they look like a group that enjoyed playing together, uh, that was playing for each other. And it, it seems silly, but, you know, like when you've gotten to the funk that Arkansas has been in, like those things are missing. And so when they're there, I feel like it can make a lot of difference, even when, frankly, you, you're, they still didn't play that well. No. <laughs> I mean, they just played hard. I mean, the, the offense was a complete mess, and, it, and it, it continues to be just a, I mean, it's a disaster, man. It's ugly. I know you have a great stat for that, I think, to share here momentarily. <laughs> but, uh, and defensively, they, like, you know, one of the biggest keys, again, something you wrote about was like staying attached to those shooters. They didn't do that. Kentucky's nine of 20 from three. Uh, but the the effort and the the toughness and the grit that they showed allowed them to really, I think, contain Kentucky around the rim and forced a few turnovers. And it was enough there to, to keep them in the game, you know, for, for majority of the night. I'm not optimistic that, you know, that performance will carry over I'm not like there are certain aspects of that performance that you would like to carry over mm -hmm. obviously I think the way that they you know attacked the ball on misses on the defensive end was good um, he had like what was it three guys had at least seven defensive boards yeah Makai Mitchell was really good on the glass like the the most encouraging thing for me that came out of that game uh, was Makai like he he scored 12 points he was eight of ten at the line which I don't know if I don't I don't know if he's going to do that again or not, uh, but it's good to see one of your front court guys not named Jalen Graham 
Um, is because it really seems like the the guy who's most capable of scoring double figures in the front court right now is Jalen Graham, which is didn't expect that coming in the season. But Makai Mitchell <sighs> yeah. led you in scoring the other day, led you in rebounding the other day, which was good. He got on the offensive glass. I think he had four. Uh, he grabbed four misses, and then he blocked four shots. So that was Arkansas's front court. You know, with with TB not producing like we expected, has been I don't know. It's been kind of flat most nights. Um, they just kind of wander aimlessly, but you got, you know, decent minutes from JG the other day. Love that they played dunked on by Froggy Fresh after his oop from L. Ellis. That was great. And then Makai, uh, Makai just, he, he played, like Eric said, his best game since he's been here. Um, something about, I guess, him playing Kentucky or um, just getting up for, for big, big home crowds or whatever, but he, he was really good. That was, that's what I took from that game most. Yeah, no, from I'll a positive perspective. Now, yeah, well the other way around like guard Antonio Reeves and Reed Shepard please yeah next time you play him that would have been neat yeah I feel like uh (laughs) you know uh Reeves is probably gonna have I mean I don't know maybe I'd like to know who's got the highest point total of a single player opposing player in a two-game span in Bud Walton history because he's got to at least be flirting with it uh 37 last year what he ended up with 24 24. I believe Yeah, yeah this year so yeah, uh, some about he loves Bud Walton. Apparently, have to he loves playing what, Bud Walton. Gonna have to check on what Wade Taylor did last season. Let me get back to you. Oh, yeah, gosh. True. yeah. The fact that there's another option makes me sick. But you're right. Is it, it might be is the it case. Antonio Reeves in his last year of eligibility. Like, does he have one more if he likes Bud so much? I mean, just, oh God, just throwing it out be, there. He, he could play there about, about 18 done. times a year if he wants. So yeah, but I was about to say, I was like, there's <laughs> a way that if he could, if he really likes playing Bud Walton, that man. maybe he could. Uh, you know, play play a little bit more permanently, a little bit more frequently in Bud Walton Arena. You know, if he wanted yeah. to next year, if he has some eligibility left. This sounds like a pretty good idea to me. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, Arkansas didn't have an answer there. Uh, point guard is just a huge issue for this team, and they keep searching for answers. Like, there is no answer. So I, I don't know what kind of Band-Aid they can put on that the rest of the year. But, you know, we talk about the offense just sputtering and scuffling, you know, throughout SEC play. And it's it starts there, man. Like if you don't have somebody who can consistently uh, facilitate and kind of you know just you have to be the straw that stirs the drink and like get everybody in their sets and line them up, have them knowing where they're going, and and just you know it's got to be a smooth operation. That was something that even when he wasn't playing well, Devo did uh, because he's very much at this point kind of an extension of the coaching staff, and Mus has talked about that over and over. Now you don't have that, and you don't have a point guard who can really do it. And so, you know, I think for people wondering if this offense is really going to get clicking or, or get out of their funk, there might be nights where it's better, but I don't consistently. I just I don't see it. No, I don't either. And the the number or the stat that Curtis was talking about, I looked up after we did the pot at the palace. Arkansas's in conference offensive efficiency rating right now, eighty eight point three. So 88.3 points scored per 100 possessions in league play against conference teams. It's not good. That is the worst in-conference offensive efficiency rating of the Ken Palm era. And number two, second worst. Wait, hold on. Of the era? Of the Ken Palm era. So it goes back to like, what was it, like 99? Yeah. And second, There's been some dark days there. So. Second, second worst, 89.5, 2002, 2003, Stan Heath's squad that went nine and 19 it's worse in conference play than that team so yeah it's bad it, it's real bad 
I was over here trying to think positives of like where they're at. Stan Heath's name and John just face palms. Yeah. <laughs> Stan Heath with, you know, I love my boy Blake Eddins, but come on, man. It's like when he, he and Denicio Gomez were like the, the pride of that team, it kind of shows you where it's at. But I think the most disgusting part of that is that, as we have been talking about all year long, is that this team does have some offensive pieces that are actually pretty good at offense individually, at least coming into this year. You know, there's a guy like Ellis who like averaged like 20 points a game last year for Louisville. Uh, you know, Jalen Graham, we know offensively he's been really good and has shown signs of it. Jermon Mark is any given day, he can go for 20 to 25, 30. Same thing with the Caliph battle. I think that's what's the most disgusting part about it is like, if you had told me last year's team was offensively challenged like that, I probably would have said, ah, it makes sense. You know, because besides Ricky Council and maybe Devo on occasion, there's really nobody else. Right. But this team... It's like we've seen that they've proven that they can play offense in the college basketball on the high level. And the fact that it's the worst in the era. Yeah, worst in the Kimpong era goes back to the 98, 99 season. And it's not like it's a small sample size. You know, like they're they're nearly halfway through the SEC slate at this point, and they're, you know, 20, 21 games, whatever it is, 20 games into the season. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh it it's troubling. And I think the the biggest part of this that stinks is like this roster was built to be better offensively and you knew you were going to take a step back on defense and so you take a step back on defense and you're the worst you've ever been offensively it's just like uh it's like an island of misfit toys man like they've got all these parts and none of them fit together usually that's kind of the case early with with a team you know coached by Eric Musselman but it's just like I think it's like uh you know it's like a puzzle but it's pieces from like 10 different puzzles like they just yeah. don't connect it's all it's yeah. just a different, different picture yeah. Yeah. Well, listen I don't want anybody ever to complain about a must team ever again that's like ah you know just he's never going to win big until you get shooters and offense after right. seeing this no I'll take defense I don't ever I defense all day long I don't care if he goes into the portal and grabs nothing but guys that had less than 10 points per game average if they play great defense, I never want yeah, to. Bro, get, yeah, you go, want this? You would rather have this, folks, than what you had the past few years? Go win thirty to twenty-five. I don't care. Yes, yeah, so I do Virginia basketball all day long, and just sign me up. Yeah, I, I, I want that. They went and got all these shooters, and I think I'm pretty sure it was you, Sky. Did you tell me that they're only shooting zero point four percent better from three yeah. right now so than they did last year? <laughs> this year's team from three is shooting thirty-one point seven percent, and last year's team shot thirty-one point three percent. So. So there you have they it. They only picked it up 0.4%. Sorry, John. But it's, like, hey. it's almost like the thing is, is I think it's just, it feels so different because I guess it, this team is worse than, than what it was last year, but I guess they're just bad at everything else that the three-point percentage to me doesn't even stand out with this team. Right. Like that's not even something that I'm like, man, this team sucks at taking three-pointers. Like, no. It's like that's like eighth on the list of like things that I look at that they're bad at because last year you're used to that yeah it's point. like yeah. yeah it's like it's almost yeah. like you're not used to bad defense if you would because honestly if you would ask me back like, hey is this team better at three-point shooting this year than they were last year I probably would say yes just because of you know it's not something that you you paid attention to at least I haven't paid attention to as effectively but last year how bad they were at three it was re it, I think it was just because it was there were other things that were good, but that thing was so bad that it stood out. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was like holding them back. Right, but this yeah. year, it's like there's so many bad things that the three-point shooting is not the issue. It's not like, oh, man, if this team was just better three-point shooting, they'd be, you know, tw have 20 wins right now. Like, no, it's everything's bad. But, man, when you put it in that perspective, it's truly historical how but bad man, this team if is. If you want some positive news, Arkansas's defensive 
performance the other day against Kentucky got them back inside the top 100 nationally in offensive efi- or defensive efficiency. So hand clap for the boys. Yeah, they they get a golf clap for that. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Back in the top 100, sitting at a pretty 91. <laughs> well, I guess it helps when Kentucky starts like one of 28 or whatever it was. Yeah, that was wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just missing some point blank looks too. Like the defense was solid or better or whatever, but they just they were just missing shots at the rim that I feel like they are not going to miss. You know, in Rupp in a month. No doubt about it. No I doubt feel, about it. Man, I feel like, and that's kind of when I knew Arkansas was still going to lose, like in the first half. Because they couldn't stretch it beyond 10. Yeah, like yeah. Right. to me, it, it wasn't the exact same game, but it kind of reminded me of the Texas A&M game at home where Arkansas got up 20 points. They're up 20. Now, you got to give credit. Arkansas played well. They played better or whatever. But a lot of it's because A&M couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And so you built the lead. And you needed every one of those points because you needed a buzzer beater to even win the dadgum game. And when Arkansas had Kentucky, I think they were. I think the most they were up in the first half was by 10, 9, 10 points, something like yeah, that. 18-8. Yeah, something, something to that extent. But then really when it got down to it and Kentucky was one of 20 or whatever it was, and you only had a seven-point lead, I'm like, nope, nope. Kentucky's way too good of a team to where they're going to keep shooting that poorly. And you did not build enough of a lead. You're not good enough of a team to, you know, play and up your game in the second half. So that's kind of where I knew I was like, probably ain't going to be Arkansas's day today because when another team, it's it's sad, but it's true. The other team has to suck, and Arkansas just has to not suck to build enough of a lead to where if they suck inevitably in the second half, they're not going to still lose the game. That's essentially the recipe for this team and their winning in the conference. It was a pretty safe bet. I think that Kentucky would at least start making a higher percentage of its shots, but you can't say that at all about Arkansas. Like they're shooting 35% or whatever in the first half, and you're like, eh, well, that's, 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 that's probably sus- about right. That's sustainable. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, exactly. So well, we got the, the difference in the first half and the second half was Arkansas did a really good job, I thought, running Kentucky's shooters off the line, forcing them to put the ball on the floor inside the, inside the arc. And yeah, did Arkansas get away with some get away with Kentucky missing some chippies? Of course they did. But second half, they didn't even run them off the line because they weren't close to them. They just got they got lost. Yeah. Like they just completely got lost, and that's why they gave up seven of eleven in the second half. And then Kentucky was like five of six from deep in the last seven and a half minutes of the game. It's just that's not winning basketball, especially when you can't match it at the other end at all. One-point game with three minutes left. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Like, they, they had every opportunity to get it done there, and then just the – it's almost like this team has forgotten how to win. Even though they beat Texas A&M a week ago or whatever, like, they kind of forgot how to win in that game. They just – they got a, a nice shot there at the very end. But, um, you know, when you have those opportunities, like, that's where you have to execute – and, you know, they were able to, to dig their heels in up until that point and get a stop or, or answer, you know, every time Kentucky would hit a big shot. But you had those back-to-back turnovers, and next thing you know, you look up and it's a nine-point game, and it just – that's just where they're at right now. Well, like, let, me, let me ask you this, because we're not even going to entertain the idea of this team making the NCAA tournament, because they're not, unless they win the SEC tournament. That's really the only way, realistically. But this week, they got – Two road trips, the battle against the Tigers, or two of the Tigers, I guess, in the conference, on the road against Missouri on Wednesday night, and then on the road against LSU on Saturday. Now, Missouri, not a good team at all. They stink. They're pretty bad. But it is, I guess, Connor Vanover and that whole angle, whatever. But Trevin Brazil, we don't know what his status is going to be officially yet, but we know that those Missouri fans have been chomping at the bit for the return of Trevin Brazil. So either way, 
that game, and then LSU, who's better than last year, but still not great. They're coming back down to earth yeah, after a hot so, start. Yeah. I mean, after like what happens this week? I know it's so unpredictable, this dadgum team to know what's going on, but like just entertain the idea of this team. We'll assume that Devo's not playing. We'll assume Brazil's not playing. Two of the guys that they had from last year. So just looking at that and knowing that, I mean, how, how do you see this week playing out against two teams that are beatable, but being on the road in the SEC when this team has proven that they can't really beat an SEC team? <laughs> like, I mean, how, how do you even justify or how do you even prove anything about this? Well, first of all, to, to go back and hammer home your very first point about not making the NCAA tournament unless they win the SEC tournament, um, I did get on barttorvik.com, which is it's another analytics site. It's it's kind of similar to Kimpom. They have a really cool tool on there. It's called the TourneyCast Simulator. And so basically, like it, it has all the results for the season up until the present day. And then you can go through and just basically pick the rest of the schedule, like win loss the rest of the way down. And so I was just wondering, like, you know, like what what are the actual odds? And so I went through and I had Arkansas going, and I don't think this is going to happen, but I just did it for for the heck of it. Had them going nine and two the rest of the way, with the only losses coming at Kentucky and at Alabama. So that would make them nineteen and twelve overall. Get them above five hundred at ten eight in the SEC. And according to that simulator, after it ran the numbers, they would still be the sixth team out of the NCAA tournament field. And that's if they go nine and two, Ew. only losing at Kentucky and Bama. So yeah, no, it's not happening. Um, that would include <laughs> that that run would include a win over Tennessee, who is firmly what top five team in the country yes. now. Um, a win at Mississippi State, a win at Texas A and M, um, and then uh, you know another home Missouri sweeping LSU. Sweeping Missouri and LSU. I don't see why and, that's and even an issue. Out. Like, I, looks like easy money to me. <laughs> Seem, seems legit. Yeah. yeah, doesn't seem like Arkansas's won at A and M in my lifetime. Right. So we keep hitting, yeah, we keep that. hitting John with it. I feel like he's looking for. You know, a reason to smile, and we just keep hitting him with this stuff. As far as this week is concerned, um, like I think the most likely scenario is probably Arkansas going zero and two, just because, like, what do we like? They haven't competed, like they haven't yeah. competed with anyone on the road yet, um, and so yeah, they played they played hard and they played a lot better against Kentucky. But until we start to see it string together from night to night, like I don't, I don't know that we really have a reason to feel like they're gonna just suddenly start doing that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, both of the games are winnable. Like, they, if they play with the effort that they did against Kentucky, they could theoretically win both of those games. Like, that's it, it, not a far-fetched thing. So I'm kind of going into it with the mindset of it would be nice, I think, at least to see Arkansas split um, and just, you know, just pick up one road win and, and see if you can, you know, kind of parlay it into something. But, boy, if they go 0-2, it's just uh, – you know, goes from really bad to even worse if, if that's possible. I yeah. hope they beat Missouri, though. I mean, you're, uh, that Missouri team is really flawed, and they a, a sure sign Good. or a sure sure sign that a team is flawed and struggling or is home losses, right? Like mm -hmm. that should be where you're most comfortable playing. Um, you can feed off the the energy from your fans if you draw well. Arkansas's lost four home games. Missouri's lost five home games. Like that includes Jackson State. No shame in losing to Memphis at home, but in league play, they've already lost to Georgia at home, South Carolina at home. Um, so Arkansas and Missouri are, I guess, I guess, Eskimo brothers in that way in terms of losing to South Carolina <laughs> on their home floor, um, but also lost at home to Florida too. So Let Missouri hasn't won at home in a long time. 
maybe they just need Arkansas, but maybe Arkansas just needs Missouri to get back on track. Let me let me throw this out there. I want to see what you guys think about this. Does Arkansas have a better chance of beating Missouri if Trevin Brazil doesn't play? Because if he does, yes, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a nut house in there. It's yes. gonna be a madhouse. If he doesn't play and they realize that, you're just watching a one and six versus zero and seven SEC matchup. Yes. You know, like I think it kills the atmosphere. Yeah. Because yeah, Connor Vanover is the biggest in game storyline at that point. Right. <sighs> Woo, buddy. Uh, so, <laughs> but that's the thing is, I, I believe, yes, it does give them a better chance because, you know, say what you want about Missouri fans and everything, but a lot of them really hate Trevor Brazil. Still don't really know why, but they do. And a lot of them were happy when he tore his ACL last year. And a lot of them have been circling this game for a long time. And they even during like the offseason still talked about Trevin Brazil. So they got an obsession with Trevin Brazil. And when you have a program or a fan base that's obsessed with one particular player as much as Missouri is with Trevin Brazil, their anger and their hatred is going to develop and evolve into an energy that's going to be inside that arena, which can only fuel the Missouri Tigers. Now, if Arkansas was a better basketball team, I'd actually like their chances of like still going in there because Missouri's so bad. But because but, but since Arkansas is so bad, <laughs> I mean, I just feel like, hey, well, don't try, don't give Missouri any advantage already, whether it's energy or whatnot. Just maybe, maybe Brazil sits this one out again, and then because you don't have, need to have fuel to the fire, you need to have all the focus not on the energy going against Brazil, but on the the team itself trying to get back on the winning track. Well, I, I feel like if we are able to identify for sure that Brazil is going to play, you know, maybe tomorrow or even early Wednesday, then the only answer is for, for Natty State Sports to take a road trip up there because the only person that could take the heat off of Trevor Brazil with Missouri fans is John Neighbors. Like it's, that's, that's the only way something that we'd be able to get about, that John. done. So it, it's something to consider. You know, we'll see if we can get some insider info, but you might have to walk in that building you know, just to save save the Razorbacks. I'm not trying to put too much on your shoulders, but, you know. Well, I'd hate to see what they would think if I tore my ACL. Because uh, <laughs> the type of uh, remarks I would get, I'm sure for them, would be No, but I be really something. do think, like, if TB doesn't play, um, but he still travels, John being there is the only thing that could keep the heat off of him. Yeah. It's like we had that conversation earlier. Like, if TB doesn't play, does he just stay here and not travel? Uh, I don't know. He didn't. He did travel last year, right? Even though he was hurt, he did. Yeah. So, would you even take him to that game? I don't. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. And the other thing that we were talking about earlier this morning is like, let's say, and again, like I don't know what knee soreness means, um, and and so that's that's just kind of an arbitrary term. So I, I don't know, like what is sore? Like a knee doesn't get sore. Like muscles get sore, or whatever. So like, does he have some inflammation, or does he, you know, does he have a a bruise that's bothering him? Like. You know, like what's going on there? I don't know, but if he doesn't play Wednesday, like I would just go ahead and rule him out for the weekend too. This is co this is Curtis's coach brain working here. Yeah, because then well, you've got that true, full yeah. you've got that full week off where you can you know then you ramp him up and get him ready for a home game against Georgia, whoever it is. So yeah, like if, if I don't see him out there Wednesday, I'm just assuming the rest of the week he's not going to play Saturday. And you know if if what Musk said was. He was not close and like he didn't do anything after they got back from Oxford. Um, and that was, you know, late Saturday. Then, I mean, how how close is he today? Like, and is then, he going to be yeah. able to go out there and practice? Yeah. And Eric's like, you're not going to be 
not close on Saturday, wake up Sunday and be like, ready to go. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, right. Yeah, all yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. You're not. And so you're probably, you throw Saturday out and then it's today. Right? Yeah. Like you got to start getting back. Like if you're going to play, you got to start getting back into, into mm-hmm. form. So I'd be well, pleasantly surprised if you played. Well, and also throw into the mix too that after this week, you have a bye week essentially where you don't have a midweek game. So you're talking about, first of all, Arkansas is going to be away from Bud Walton for two weeks, which is kind of crazy if you think about that in basketball. Like that usually doesn't happen, but not that it matters. They're still losing at home. But still, it's like you're going to have it to where if you have Brazil out, go ahead and hold them out the week. And then you got the whole next week to really rest them up. And then I guess home game against Georgia is that next and one. And then a so, home game against Tennessee. Yeah. So that may be the time that you uh, you need to do it. But I don't know. I've uh, I just really hope that Arkansas in general as an athletic department does not lose to Missouri in all the sports. It'd be cool if they could avoid yeah. that. I don't they, know if they play in baseball or not, but I've... They do. But okay. Arkansas is going to beat them in baseball. They always do. Yeah. In due Basketball, time. for the most part, has been Arkansas beating them. But then they had that like that random game a few years ago where they won Bud Walton Arena. You know, so yeah. it's like always there. But football, we, we know about well, that. But just, I, don't, that game. I don't want to deal with anything else like that. Arkansas didn't have Justin Smith, right? That was the first game without Justin Smith. Yeah, that was the first game without Justin Smith. And it was the beginning of the end of Connor Vanover's career. It was, wasn't it? Doesn't because Missouri, doesn't Arkansas's <laughs> baseball team have a couple of Missouri transfers now? Are they just going to throw shade yeah, at those Yeah, two of them from the outfield too? and everything. Do they so. even know that they have a baseball team there? I don't think so. Don't, don't they play at like a city park or something? I mean, do they have a... I mean that sincerely. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that they have like a full-on. I think it's just a stadium, s- if I remember souped correctly. Up, souped up kickball field. Yeah. I know whatever so. it is that apparently they can't get the camera angles right because if you watch a game that's live from there, I don't know where the guy stand, like where the cameraman is, but it ain't where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I'll say that about Missouri in general. All of their arena, like their even their football stadium, it's like where are y'all's cameras at? It's like I always feel like I'm <laughs> like I'm hovering above it. Or, like, I, I feel like I'm watching so far away, but the camera zoomed in so much I can't see the action in the game. So, I don't know. But I really hope that they just beat Missouri for many reasons. Is that but. asking so much, you know? Like, apparently, apparently. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. One of these days, maybe I'll make a trip up to Missouri just to see, you know, what's going on, what it's all about. I haven't been to Columbia since uh, the final game of Chad Morris's first year. Don't particularly want to go back. Was that in Missouri? Or is that okay? End of his first year, yeah. Was oh, that was one that was like thirty-eight nothing, right? It was. Yeah, it was really bad. The last time I was at Missouri was when they had the Porters, and it was Macon and Gafford and all those guys, oh, and yeah. they just they kind of they kind of beat the hell out of Arkansas. Was Michael Porter Jr. Was he playing that game or was he looking at? I can't at remember if Michael Porter was. He might have been, but I know was Jonte like, was the other one. I, okay. I was going to say if I remember, I thought that that was like the first game he came back. Was that could Arkansas be right? Game. Yeah. Because be right. he got hurt early in the season, I remember that. I could, I, but you know, going back to that, also that year where you said the game against Missouri at home, where Justin Smith was out. I don't know if you guys remember, but then Arkansas went on the road to Missouri, and that game went to overtime. Yeah, mm-hmm. and luckily it was a hundred percent goaltending that uh, they did when J- Jalen Tate went up for the for the basket, and they reviewed it because it was, and then uh, Missouri turned it over. But that even, I think Quanzo Martin, I guess, was the coach then. But that was even a yeah a, a really tough game for Arkansas to win. So. But Mizzou was good that year. Yeah, they were. They, they were, I think they made it to the tournament. Yeah, they definitely. I know they, they did definitely last year. did um, because they yeah, were. For, they got bounced in the first round, but yeah, tournament team. Didn't Arkansas par for the course for SEC teams not named Arkansas? Yeah. To be honest, pretty sure Arkansas beat them in the SEC tournament. 
that year, if I remember they correctly. Did, and sure then did. they lost to LSU the next night. That yeah. was the COVID year in Nashville. And it was that was uh that was interesting because it was my first SEC tournament and it was not obviously like you couldn't fill the arena or whatever because of, <laughs> of COVID, but I remember they beat Missouri that night and I finished riding or whatever and I was starving. And uh I it was late at night and so I drove to the cookout. And it was my oh, yeah. first experience of having cookout, but I pulled up. I was at a red light and I was just, you know, like waiting for it to turn green or whatever. And these two chicks, like bachelorette party looking chicks, you know, like cowboy hats, their boots on or whatever, they just hop in the back of my car. And I, and I just had a red light. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, what is going on right now? It was the craziest thing. And one of the girls back there was like, uh, do you like need the address or something? Because like it should have just went through on the app. They thought I was their Uber. <laughs> and I was like, I, I think you might have like made a mistake here. And then the other girl looks over and she's like, oh, my God, this is not our Uber driver. So creepy. And then they jump out of my car. And I'm like, I'm creepy. Like, you guys got in my car. Yeah, she <laughs> like, what acts, do you mean? She acts like you rolled your window down. was just like, y'all looking for a ride? Y'all looking for some fun? Hop in the back. Yeah, it was wild, man. Now. Literally thought I was an Uber. To me? Like, why, where, why does it happen to me? <laughs> I don't know. I could at least made something out of it. Just be like, well, I mean, where do you need to go? It's probably on my way wherever I'm ending <laughs> up. You know, as I don't know anything about Nashville, but why not? Yeah, I'll take uh, you where you need to go. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what Nashville has become. It's been like the bachelorette party of Mid America. I don't yeah, know what are they Appalachian, yeah, Appalachian. Like what is Nashville? It's not South, is it? Or I guess it is. I mean, because the country aspect of it. Is it is it the South? I think it counts as South. I mean, yeah, I Tennessee think that's about as south. far north as you can go, though. Right. Tennessee's too long of a dadgum state to have like one uh, part of it. So yeah. I would like to point out real quick from our our source that has uh, sent us a text message just now that Missouri has a College World Series championship. They won in 1954. It was a long time ago, but they oh, did win that. one. Oh, I remember that. That was awesome, man. Yeah. Did they even have it? It wasn't even called oh the World Series. Oh, my gosh. Series, I, should it, have, I should have known who sent that text. <laughs> I feel like I have a pretty good guess of it. We have a legend listening in. I, I will just leave it at that. Shout out to you, Bob Holt. Love you, man. We know you're there. <laughs> We're going to have to have you join us in studio sometime so you can uh, give up some Missouri facts that way, too. Try to remember to take your Missouri T-shirt off before you get on the post-game Zoom Wednesday. <laughs> oh, leave it to Bob. But we love Bob. Bob's great people. Bob's Miss Bob. great people. Need, so. need a good road trip with Bob again soon. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Need to <laughs> need to make it happen for it. But. Folks, you still got a lot more things to talk about. I know we're going to be doing a baseball update with Andrew Ellis whenever he returns, assuming he didn't get lost from the ballpark. So uh, we'll have some fun with that, too. But uh, before we uh, get out of here and take a break, I want to tell everybody about superior contracting and development because we know that everybody who has your own house, especially when it comes to interior and exterior, you want to do remodeling. You want to switch it up a little bit. You want to do something a little bit different but you don't know where to go. You don't know who to do it. Well, why not do it with somebody local like Superior Contracting and Development right there in Valonia? Now, just because they're located in Valonia doesn't mean they only serve the central Arkansas area. They are statewide. So you can call them today at 501-453-3053. That's 501-453-3053 because they are licensed residential and commercial contractors specializing in all aspects of home remodeling, fencing, drainage, additions, or remodeling of your existing structure all the way up to land development and ground-up construction. You can call them today for all of your needs. You can also check them out online at superiorark.com. That's superiorark.com. Or you can even email them, contracting at superiorark.com. Different ways to get in contact with them, but the best thing about it is once you do get in contact with them, 
they're going to respond right away. They're not going to be waiting. You're not going to get some automated message. You're not going to have to wait days on end. They will get you taken care of quick, fast, and in a hurry. So check them out today. Again, that's Superior Contracting and Development right there in Valonia, 501-453-3053. We will take a break. When we come back, we'll have more of the John Neighbor Show here live from Natty State Sports. So stay with us. Well, Fayetteville is 1,843 miles away, but the call of the Hawks can be heard all the way to San Francisco. Let's dig my dick in the mashed potato. Go Hawks. Powered by Arkansas for Arkansas. Every time you put it back in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. The John Neighbors Show is live from the Natty State Sports Studios. Welcome back into the John Neighbor Show here live from Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in and watching in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. I am your host, John Neighbors. Also got, of course, Scotty Bordelin and Curtis Wilkerson uh, joining us here in studio. We're also going to have Andrew Ellis joining us here at some point in time, which, uh, yeah, we're going to talk some Razorback baseball because they had a scrimmage today. And I guess it only goes five innings. Right, yeah, something like right. that. Yeah. Five or six, usually. Yeah. Okay. So he'll can't, have some. Can't real... spin up the arms yet. Yeah, you know? no, you got So they're <laughs> called innings in baseball. There's not like, not like quarters or quarters or yeah. dimes or just innings. There's innings. nine of them in a real game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need Sometimes to... you only play like eight and a half. I need to listen. Sometimes to the game in the early. baseball pod when it comes out the bombastic pod. That's yeah. Yes. Be. Which by that's the way, where I will folks, learn about baseball. Yeah, we we are big on the podcasting side of things too. So. If you want to check it out, uh, not only the pod at the Palace, which is great with uh, Scotty Borland and Curtis Wilkerson, but also the Bombastic podcast will be happening here soon with Andrew Ellis. So, uh, yeah, we'll be uh, on the lookout for that, and I'm sure you guys will really enjoy all of that too. And if you want to hear about Sydney Sweeney or, or anything along those lines, the, the Natty State Six Pack with me and Andrew, oh, and highly recommended. Forget all the other podcasts. Listen to that one <laughs> for all you, uh, all you Sydney Sweeney fans I out there. I watched her hot ones twice today. I'm, Hopefully, I'm kidding, only once. Hopefully you didn't do anything. It's a hot wing eating thing, you animals. You know, Relax. Hope, I'd say hopefully yeah. uh, nothing Y'all happened. Y'all know with what I'm talking about. Y'all watch that too. Come on. <laughs> it's like hopefully nobody was doing anything with their hot ones during that time. So uh, let's see. A few comments that are coming in. It's wish yes, we do answer questions and everything. Uh, this comes from Young Mitch. He says, "Do y'all consider Mizzou a rival?" Oh, this question. I can't believe all the questions that we get thrown our way. But no, I don't. I never have, and it's going to take a long time for it to ever be, because to me, everyone, well, here's the thing. Everybody's got their own definition of a rivalry. Yeah. Let's be honest. But to me, a rivalry is if I, every year when you mark up the teams, say in football, that you want to beat the most, if that team's not at least in the top three, then it ain't a rivalry. And for Arkansas, for football-wise at least, Year after year, yeah, I want to beat Missouri just because I get tired of losing to them. But if you give me, hey, Arkansas, if you're going to say, hey, I'll give you three SEC wins this year, guaranteed, any of them you want, I ain't choosing Missouri. Like, I'm going to go with probably Texas, A&M, maybe Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss. Like, those are probably the three I'm going to go with. So that, to me, is why it's not a rivalry. So yeah, the only I, thing about Mizzou that makes it, I guess, sort of feel that way is just the proximity. But mm-hmm. it's just it just feels very forced. And honestly, like you know, the moment 
Oklahoma even enters the conference and they're, you know, as close or, or probably even a little bit closer actually than Columbia, like that automatically feels like a bigger rivalry to me than Missouri does. And then they never play. So, yeah, you know. I mean, there's some recent spiciness with the basketball series, you know, there is that with, with Oklahoma. If it's not in Tulsa, we'll must be able to make it through a full game without getting ejected. Like if it's on a campus. Yeah. What happens when it goes to a campus? When I don't it goes know, to man. Norman. <laughs> Something about that just uh, gets to <laughs> yeah. him. Anyway. I, I don't know what. The, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. You have to figure out something else, I guess. So. Uh, let's see. Okay. So Hayden says, if you can't stand losing to a program, then it absolutely is a rivalry. I don't think so. I don't think that's how it justifies. I think you just don't like football is not a rivalry. Yeah. Say you're tired of losing to them. I I would think you are at this point. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I was in high school the last time that Arkansas beat Bama. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Think about that one. Actually, uh, same year that I took uh, Houston nuts daughter to homecoming. You dog, you did that. Yeah, I did. Why didn't I know that? I feel it's like not I so much just go around bragging about you, know dude. I would. Oh, <laughs> I mean, not uh, not really uh, something that uh, you know what? It's a that's a story for another time. All right, I am sure. Um, let's see. Also, uh, that's another one I was gonna. You know, that, oh yeah, this whole thing from Jake says I've heard it all day. That Herd Muss is looking for an exit strategy to get out of Arkansas. Looking for it all day. I mean, we talked about the no. whole coaching thing the other day, and that's just, I just, like I said, you know, just expect to hear those things. I mean, it happens, one, it happens every year when, when Arkansas stinks, like that period of time where they're not good at basketball, then you start hearing the, oh, I, I'm hearing Musselman's out of here. I'm, here. I'm hearing he's looking for a way out. Like, this isn't the first time that I've heard those things. And uh, when they're good, you start hearing his name attached to, to every job, like, Remember when he was going to Maryland? I do. I remember that. Do you remember when he was going to Texas after the yep. Chris Beard thing or before Chris Beard even got hired there? Yeah, I remember that for sure. Every time there's a job on the West Coast that opens up, you hear Muss's name attached to it. Yeah, you do. And so, uh, you know, I, I saw the thing from the the coaching changes account. And, and listen, um, I don't know who those guys are. They're kind of, you know, rough around the edges, but I mean, they, they have scoops. Like there's a, a reason why so many coaches and, and everybody follows them. But, um, you know, like if you don't think there are things going on behind the scenes with Muss or anyone really at this point in the year with like, you know, agents reaching out to schools, schools reaching out to agents, like it, it just happens. Yeah. So do I believe it? Uh, do, like, do I believe he's hell bent on getting out of Arkansas or something? No, I don't. But do I believe that, there's probably been some kind of communication between like whatever school and Muss's people. Like, hell yeah, I believe that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Be naive to me. think anything other. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. Uh, black neighbors. Like it just feels weird saying that, but <laughs> black neighbor says Muss is either too arrogant or stupid to think that he can take players off losing teams like Ellis and battle, run an NBA system with them and then get them to the NBA. So pretty staunch comments there, but I mean, if you think about some of the players, though, that he's brought in transfer-wise, some of them have been from winning programs, and it seems like those have been from somewhat decent or winning programs. If usually, oh, I got Tremont Mark. You know, he's at Houston. I'd say Tremont Mark. You know, the team's not great. I guess he's the best player on the team, right? Yeah. Has to be. At the yeah. moment, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's worked out. I was trying to think of, I guess, you know, in previous years, like Justin Smith was, he didn't come from a, like Indiana wasn't awesome, but they weren't trash. So it's like, he, you know, bringing him in was, was really good. I felt like, um, 
feel like I'm missing one. We talked about this, I feel like, the other day, too. Some other players that were brought in that were from good programs, if you would, and actually uh, played out. But maybe yeah, I'm, maybe it, I'm just – It's I actually – it, I mean – Maybe you call Wichita State a good program. I mean, maybe. Really yeah. Came for, from there, got two of them. It's a maybe. Ricky and Trey, yeah. Because yeah. you think about it, like, I don't know, like Graham, Arizona State was terrible. Uh, the Twins, Rhode Island, that was a, a complete mess. And, yeah, like like, like Battle with Temple and, um, you know, some of these other Where's guys Jintel this year. Where's Jintel from? I always forget. Was he, he a was, Wilmington kid? I think he was Wilmington. Yeah. Why did I think he was yeah. from, like, Utah or something? He, he was definitely one of those UNC. Okay satellite schools yeah i don't know yeah. why i thought that that was from over there but. but no i remember um my previous job we used to do uh lunch meetings and we had ronnie brewer they had ronnie brewer there one day and he was like look straight up like we're you know having to coach some of the previous school out of some of these kids like caliph battle program he came from trash the program that that l ellis came from in louisville trash and so i mean that's kind of well, it's Chandler Lawson from Memphis. To Solid. I mean, he was just in the tournament last year. Yeah. I guess that's been on transfer. a team that's won some. Yeah. Yeah. But they were like a not still still in the tournament. Weren't they like an eight nine seed? Like they were pretty. Yeah. A better team now. They got screwed out of that game against uh, FAU. They sure did. But as a oh, matter of fact, right. we were eating at something. Forgot somebody's beaver or like wherever we were in Des somebody's Moines. beaver. Yeah. Oh. Wasn't it something beavers? Or am I am I crazy? <laughs> In Des Moines, it's a sports bar. We got to find the name of that it's place. A sports now. bar, sports bar. Yeah, between oh Hot Ones gosh. and the Beavers, then yes, Bob like, Holt was with us. Um, but yeah, we were watching that game there, and they, yeah, Memphis kind of got they got the short end of the stick in that one. So, oh man, I'm 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 looking for the name of that place. I will. Yeah, please. If it doesn't involve waiting. a Beaver, then I. Probably have some explaining was it to the do, but Wicked Rabbit it wasn't the Wicked Rabbit. No, there's a know. beaver place that was in Indianapolis. I knew that one. That is true. Yeah. That was the Wild Beaver, right? I guess if you have an NCAA tournament it, regionally, you have to have some sort of bar named after a beaver. <laughs> and maybe I made it up. I don't know, brother. I'm not seeing it. My bad. You know, yep. Yeah. I think it's just we just know where. Uh, Curse's mind is at obviously on uh, the Beaver, the sports bar that is. I'm gonna go with Beaver Tab. I do remember it because they had Bushlight Tallboys, which I was a big fan of, and the food was good. And they had three TVs right around our table, so and we got to see uh, Purdue lose to Fairleigh Dickinson, right? I believe that's where we were when that happened. So good times, yeah, yeah. Take us back because Lord knows we ain't going this year. Uh, Let's see. Back to Buddy's Beaver. No, Buddy's Beaver. No, it's not Buddy's Beaver. The busiest Beaver. Jake says, we're going to rattle off 12 wins, win the SEC tournament, and be a two or three seed in the tournament with crying laughy emojis. Could it have been Beaver Tap? There's a Beaver Tap. I think that's probably it. I mean, how many places would we have named after a beaver in <laughs> Des Moines? Like, I mean, I would assume if that's there, it's probably that. Oh, well, no, I know what it was. It was Buzzard Billies. Buzzard Billies, yeah. But you could see where I would yeah, get a beaver from. Word, yeah. Beaver, buzzer, yeah. beaver. Yeah, a ricochet, though. Huh? Buzzer Billy. Shout out to Ricochet. Yeah, Ricochet was a good time. That place was cool. Yeah, yeah. that was a really cool place. Yeah. My uh, apologies on the on the Beaver situation. I got a sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Maybe it was really close to Beaver Tap. Who knows? Nah, well, we'll see. Maybe we saw the Beaver there once or something. Uh, hmm. John yeah. Mark says, I may have missed it, but what do we know about Diva leaving the program? Anything yet? No. 
Nah. No, nothing he, yet. He did, in fact, do that. But other than that, yes. Yeah. We all we know is that he's gone. Yeah. And that's, I just that's I it. got a text yesterday from someone who knows him and said he's okay. But that's yes. all we know. That's all we know at this point in time. Uh, Ice Cold Mint Julep says, I would imagine Musk doesn't need much of a strategy to leave. Plenty of suitors. But if that was the case, it could explain Devo's actions. All those Bama players bailed before Saban retired. Mm. I, see, I still don't buy that. I still don't buy that. I get what he's saying, but I don't. I don't. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's the correlation here, though. Yeah, I don't. I just because again, going off the timing of it, I don't think it was one of those deals to where Devo found out that Muss is leaving Saturday morning before Kentucky and was just like, "I'm out." Like, yeah, seems like it would have been a little bit more. I think it would have had a little bit more flair to it if that was the case, if there was something like that going on. So, yeah, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. So, anyways, uh, yeah, a few of these questions coming in. did want to give a shout-out to, uh, real quick, some former Razorbacks that will be getting ready for the Super Bowl happening yeah. up because yeah. we once again have the Chiefs and the 49ers going to be going at it in the Super Bowl. And the 49ers, of course, have Dre Greenlaw, really good player, Brandon Allen. He's still on the team, so you can get him a Super Bowl ring this year. But uh, as we talked about on our Natty State Sports betting podcast, thank goodness Scotty does not bet against the Chiefs because I'm tired. Like I'm, I'm just, I can't. The Chiefs are really good. Patrick Mahomes is really good, but the fact that they're back into the Super Bowl is still pretty incredible, all things considered. Because this was their down year, yeah, and they're still back in the freaking Super Bowl once again. That's yeah, wild man, that, that offense all regular season just. I can't say what I would normally send you and Ellis, but when that offense was just screwing around. And I know they, what you call they, it. They couldn't find their footing, and it's just – I remember there's several times during the regular season, I'm like, pull up Saracen, say that they're over on points is like 24-and-a-half or 23-and-a-half. I'm like, yeah, this seems like it's cash. It's They're just cash. A, and then they go out and then they score like – what do you call it um, – Prime number. They just they put up like a prime number, like fifteen points. Right, <laughs> it's brutal. Like yeah. it's 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 tough, and it, it makes you so mad because you know that they're going to flip a switch at some point. And Patrick Mahomes, I heard today, his playoff record is fourteen and three. It's not bad. Playoff record. It's not bad. No. Really good. That don't go against. That's just don't go against him in the postseason. No. Yeah, man. No. Well, same thing with like. Uh, I, I was disappointed though. I will say, like again. Great for Dre Greenlaw and Brandon Allen. But I was hoping to see the Lions, Ragnow, Skipper, those guys being just the Lions because they've never been to a Super Bowl before. They had the lead, man. They were looking good that they blew it. That was a hell of a collapse. That was they they <laughs> blew was, it. That was tough. So uh, I hate that for Lions fans that are out there. You talk you know about the state of Michigan. How insane that was gonna be. They win a national championship in football for the first time since ninety eight. And then their NFL team was about to be in the Super Bowl. That's almost too much for the state of Michigan to handle, but uh, yeah, the fact that the, the Chiefs are back into it as well. And you mentioned Mahomes and all that. Sort of make me wonder, like, just Arkansas-related. Like, Mahomes has got to be, like, the clutch dude in the playoffs and, in, and the, when it matters the most. So in Arkansas football, like, has there been a guy that you think about as being, like, clutch? Like, when he – because it's hard to really know. You're only in there for <laughs> two, three, four years at the most, really. So – I can only think of some of the gaffes that have happened. See, like, that's what's sad. <laughs> And that's the only thing we can think of there. You know, I was gonna say like Matt Jones to me would probably be like didn't win a national championship or anything, but just as far as like the dude was clutching those moments. I could be on yeah, I could be on board with that. Um, Basketball wise, I think Daryl Macon's pretty cold blooded. Yeah, 
but football wise, I just I don't know. Basketball, I'd also like again obvious one, Scotty Thurman, because dude made some pretty big shots. That I could remember. say that. Yeah. So yeah, he, he wasn't too bad. Uh, but yeah, football is just funny because the reason I asked that is because it kind of made me start thinking about Arkansas football and. I don't know, maybe it's just because they haven't had that many clutch moments to have those moments with those particular players, but, man, it just seems like there's not a whole lot to choose from. Because a lot yeah. of the times it comes down to the quarterback, you know, all who's clutch. Because, I mean, how do you have a clutch linebacker? I guess if he makes a play, but clutch usually comes down to the quarterback, and Arkansas's only got a select few that actually made plays late in games. He said Matt Jones is one of them. Also, honestly, I felt like for a while there, and I mean it, Fuck, Austin Allen was a guy that made some really great plays late in games, like the TCU game on the line late. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Ole Miss game at home uh, in 2016. So, you know, there were some times where he made some plays. Brandon Allen, of course, we know made some plays later in his career. But still, the point is, is it kind of just shows you how tough it is to be clutch. Yeah. And how tough it is to have that. Man, if it was easy, thing. everybody would do it. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. Did y'all see Dre Greenlaw get that stinger last night, come out, go back in the game? I mean, and that he got the stinger in the and sh- on the I guess it was the shoulder of the arm that didn't have that gigantic brace yeah, on it. Yeah, like the full length brace. I mean, my right. God, dude, that is a grown man if I've ever seen one. He's just he's he was really good in college. Oh yeah, but he is just he's next level. He's one of those guys pro. that hit his peak. He's at a, the right time. Yeah. He is a dude. I mean, that, that is that's toughness. I mean, uh, Devin Manuel missed like six weeks with a stinger, apparently. You know, in the in this last season. So yeah, Greenlaw gets one <laughs> in the game, you shakes see, it off. Yeah, you can see how much pain he's in, and then they come back from a commercial break. He's just sitting on the bench with his other defensive teammates, like nothing happened, nothing yeah. in the world happened, and he's back in in no time. Dude's insane. Um, Fayetteville stands is he, up. Is, is he the best Razorback in the NFL right now? I mean, Ragnall's, Ragnall's really there. good. Yeah, I know he's yeah. been probably between those two. I think as far as those guys go. Yeah, maybe give Traylon Burke some time and just no. Man. God, put your hand on that kid and don't let him get hurt again. Yeah. Kid, he, can, he can be special yeah. if he stays healthy. Who's the best NBA player from Arkansas right now? Bobby P. It has yeah, to Bobby be, right? Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis was on that. Was it? I don't know if it was a leaked list or what, but like, there's 41 names of NBA guys that could end up on the Team USA Olympic team. He's one this of them? summer. He's he's on that list, yeah. Hmm. I, wonder how, cool? I wonder how long it will take for like Anthony Black to become in that conversation. He's having a you know a pretty good rookie campaign. Nick Smith, like, listen, man, like he's starting to come around mm-hmm. a little bit. So I don't know. Like I wonder how those guys are all going to wind up panning out. I, I think there's a, a pretty good case to be made for like A.B. and Nick being pretty solid NBA players. And then I wonder, you know, if like can, can Walsh or Ricky just kind of carve out a you know carve yeah, out a role and just be on a roster. Yeah, you know? I wonder if, if Jordan's going to have to – find a new situation for him to get on the floor more yeah it's tough it's probably a really good place for him to start just because yeah. of the, the culture and you know i think he'll learn he's a young dude you know like he'll learn a lot there about like what it takes to be a successful pro but is he ever gonna have the opportunity to, to get on the got floor a couple and play good guards john no they're too good <laughs> so like i just i hope walsh finds a way but you know I was just happy because it's like the only other Razorback that I knew that got drafted by the Celtics was Joe Johnson. And I still had a Joe Johnson yeah. Celtics jersey. And I've yet to find it. I had one as a kid. Joe Johnson could still play in the league right now Man. if he wanted to. And that guy just 
You talk about just a ball player. <laughs> He's I hope, a I hope he comes he back out and plays more the next uh, TBT. Yeah. Come in the summer when yeah. that comes back around. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he plays in that again. Mm-hmm. Was he do, uh, what was the other one? Ice Cube's thing? Three on three. Oh, the, or the, the big three. Big three, yeah. Yeah. Like you can find a way to play on that too. So uh but folks, we're moving through the show. Obviously, we got to get to some baseball topics because we got the scrimmage that transpired, and Andrew Ellis is chomping at the bit to try to give us all those crazy updates. What's gonna be happening and breaking it all down there too? Because I know uh he going over there, he's ready. Uh sure you're just not he's got his back to us right now, he's getting himself psyched up, he's listening to his walk-up music and all that. Maybe he's just drunk. Uh, but uh, he wasn't the he's probably watching from the hog pen anyways so whatever it doesn't matter we're gonna have some baseball updates we'll have uh, some fun stuff to talk about as well we'll keep it moving here on the john neighbor show live from the natty state sports studios so stay with us well fanville is 1843 miles away but the call of the hogs can be heard all the way to san francisco let's take my dick in the mashed potato go hogs powered by arkansas for arkansas every time you put a mic in my face i'm gonna say arkansas the john neighbor show is live from the natty state sports studios It is the John Neighbor Show live from Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in and watching in this afternoon as we're having a lot of fun here on this Monday. Still got a lot of things to try to get into and squeeze into here in the next uh, 30 minutes or so. But uh, not only are we going to have some discussions about, uh, hey, did you see this? But we also got uh, Andrew Ellis over there taking the spot of Scotty Bordelon. Curtis decided to stick around because he loves because he loves talking me. baseball. He loves me. Love you guys. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah, you look very no ba- you look very baseball ish right now. That's I, I don't know what that means, but it's only because you're wearing a hat. It's because so. I am. I'm a ball knower. I'm a ball watcher. I'm a ball player. I am baseball. You do love your balls. Big ball. So guy. big ball guy. Big yeah. ball guy. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Before we uh, get into all the nitty gritty stuff, just takeaways. What'd you get? Uh, who's well, looking good? Why is this team going to win at all? The great team is looking good. The great team got a win five to three. The last time I was on the show reporting baseball information, we had a tie. So it's nice that we had a winner today. The Cardinal team came up short. Uh, but Vahiva Loy, the cool Hawaiian shortstop, homered again today. Mm. He pretty much homers every every scrimmage. Uh, <laughs> 0-2 breaking ball that wasn't even a strike, and he hit it like 400 feet. Uh, he also drove in a run for, their, for his team. Hudson Polk, the fourth string catcher hit a home run dead center 425. Uh, it was it was a, it was a fun scrimmage. It was it was you know they pulled off. You gotta if you want to make fun of Peyton Stovall, which I know that's your boy. You like to make fun of him. You got to make fun of him for the fact that he let them pull off. They did the first and third like runner at first steals, and they get him in a rundown and let the they successfully <laughs> pulled one off against Peyton Stovall <laughs> second base. It was only his second day back out there, but he has been out there the Come last on, couple Stove. days. After Come being, on, Stove. After being ill on Friday, he was out there the last couple days. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, one other guy I want to mention, freshman pitcher Colin Fisher. DVH mentioned him early in the presser the other day, which I'll be honest, I kind of thought was interesting just because Arkansas has all these loaded freshman arms in, and like Colin Fisher's highly respected and was a big prospect, but like he's like the seventh or eighth highest recruit on their staff. So I was kind of interested at DVH and mentioned him right away, but he he started today. Through two innings, struck out four of the six he faced, re- retired them all. Uh, he, he's a freshman lefty that looks like he's going to help him a little bit, and just one more to the to the chamber. This team's uh, got a ton of arms, got a ton of ton of dudes. We feel good about the vibes were good out there. Yeah, the weather was pretty nice too. Weather was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'd enjoy that part of it. I mean, it's not like upper sixties, but nah, it's like it was, sixty something, right? Yeah, and yeah. the sun was out, so that was that was a good thing. So nice. when's the, so? How many scrimmages are they going to have? Like. 
Is it, have they announced like as far as the next scrimmages or anything? They're still working on. They haven't said anything it? about it'll be next weekend. I'd assume maybe Thursday or Friday they'll get back out there. Maybe maybe pending some weather, but they usually try to do two or three each week leading up to the season, depending on if the weather will let them. Hopefully they'll the weather will hold up and they can do them outdoors. But I'd imagine Thursday or Friday will be the next day that they scrimmage. So, yeah. also if anyone wants a full play by play, I tweeted out every half inning. So. Uh, Ellis Andrew, who Scotty informed me today, is under the relevant people tab on Twitter. <laughs> he, was, he saw like a little tab and said, relevant people, Andrew Ellis. But you have an underscore then at the end, right? Ellis, Ellis Andrew underscore, I believe, is what, we're, what we are. Because I still feel like every time I search for you to tag you in something, it's like I'm, it's like I'm trying to find who's, who shot Kennedy. Like, they it's don't, the want, you, they don't want you to find me on Twitter. The libs do not want you to find me on Twitter. So if you want to make the libs angry... To try, to, find, to try to find Andrew Ellis. Interact with me on Twitter. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, but so they, do they do the formatting any different from like the last scrimmages are pretty much like the same thing, just different players. Yeah. I mean, just different players. And, you know, sometimes they'll try to like, you know, they used to, in years past, DVH used to do a thing where leading up to the season, he would load up the starting lineup, like have seven or eight starters on one team to kind of just see if this lineup is truly better. I remember asking him in the fall, I was like, if you had to do that right now, could you even do it? And he was like, not really. He said there'd be like five or six guys he'd feel confident about, but I don't think he'd fill out a nine-man lineup. So for the time being, it's been pretty even, been back and forth. Uh, and it's a very – I mean, all these guys, like even the 13th best player on the team on, in the lineup is like Reese Robinette who can swing it, a big left-handed bat. You know, it's like there's there's dudes all over the place, so it kind of it kind of works out. But it was, uh, it was fun to see some, some younger arms pitch well today. Is there like a legit – position battle out there right now i mean like yeah i would say left field is kind of the biggest one mm -hmm. uh you know you could argue third base but i feel like peyton holt is kind of kind of the dude there by the way peyton holt made a heads up play did a he, he had a peyton holt-esque play where like there was a freshman on the mound and jack wagner our boy had just hit a two-run single with the bases loaded and so holt was at first base so he goes first to third and then the freshman pitcher who gets the ball back after you know walks back from home plate to the mound with his back turn and holt just slides in there Ooh. so it's like Peyton Holt, you know, I don't even know if he's had a hit in these last couple of scrimmages, but it's like he's just the dude that's going to be there, you know. And I feel like third base is probably where he ends up. First base is interesting because you could have the catcher Hudson White, who who came from Texas Tech. They love him. He's going to hit whether it's DH, first base, or catcher. He'll start somewhere. Could be first, could be DH. So it's like he's kind of the domino. You know, mm -hmm. if he starts at first, then you're probably looking at Jack Wagner at DH. If Jack Wagner's at first, you're probably looking at Ben McLaughlin at DH and Hudson White at catcher or Ryder Helfrick, the Friday. So it's like there's a few little like dominoes, but I'd say left field is the biggest battle. Right. You got like Jason Jones, Will Edmondson, the uh, the JUCO transfer. You've got uh, Ross Lovich from Missouri, kind of in that mix. I would, if I were a betting man, I'd probably say they give Jason Jones the nod just because he's the most talented <laughs> option, but neither guy has really run away with it early on. So, uh, We'll, we'll see how it goes. That's probably the biggest question mark if you want to have one. Gotcha. Well, we do have a question coming in from our chat here from Hayden. It says, do we think Hagen Smith is going to be the guy that gives us consistent seven-plus innings this year, back-to-back -back seasons where Dave Van Horn felt like he was better suited for the bullpen in some stretches? Well, he's definitely going to start. Like he's not. There's not going to be a question of, like, is he a reliever? Is he? Are you going to use him? In, he's going to be the Friday night starter. He's going to be a first-round pick. He's going to be nasty. Seven-plus innings is interesting because Hagen, you know, we know he loves to throw, like, 23 pitches in the first inning even if he doesn't allow a base runner it's like he'll have three strikeouts but it's like nine pitch i don't know what it is so i mean we'll see but i do think hagan is going to be as good as any pitcher in the country i think uh anybody who wants to you know like a lot of people were nitpicking his season last year it felt like because it's like you know he, he never really had those long starts as a starter and then you know, just they couldn't really find the role but i feel like he was 
He was as good as any lefty in the country. He's an All-American. Realistically, I mean, Lou is an All-American. Like, who cares what he's doing? There like were two first-team All-SEC pitchers, him and Paul Skeens. He's pretty uh, good. I heard. Yeah, I've heard yeah. he's decent. Now you could argue there's a gap between those two, but I mean, Hagen Smith was as good as any lefty in the country, and I think he's going to be. He's taking a jump up this year, and so it's like, I, I think that you want to be if you want to be on the right side of history. Hagen Smith's going to be awesome. I think that's going to be fun, but I don't think this team's going to depend on him to be like right. the Isaiah Campbell who has to give them seven innings every Friday because you've got two other starters who are going to be high draft picks and you've got a bullpen full of dudes. So I don't think we'll be seeing, seeing Hagen Smith go seven innings a ton, but I don't think they'll need him to. Uh, also, uh, Hayden says, do you think uh, – I'm not laughing at you, Hayden. I just think that this is just an obvious question. Do you think any you're watching any big leaguers in this scrimmage, in these scrimmages, Andrew? I think there are more there are more <laughs> big leaguers that not. will start than there will be not. You know, I mean, like Vahiva Aloy, the shortstop, that dude's a big leaguer. Peyton Stovall is probably a big leaguer. Ryder Helfrick, that dude's a big leaguer. Uh, Kendall Diggs, I don't know if Kendall Diggs is a big leaguer, but as a bat, he's he, he can hit at the big league level or will eventually one day. Who knows? But uh, I think the entire starting rotation, you can make an argument, is going to be a big leaguer. I mean, so yes, I would say, and history indicates that any given Razorback team has four or five big, potential big leaguers on it. So. I'd like to know which team had like the least amount of big leaguers that Dave Van Horn ever had. You know what it, you know what it might be, honestly, is the 2015 team that went to Omaha? Because you had Benettini was a top 10 pick, honest, uh, but it's like that entire starting rotation, you know, like Trevor Killian, uh, Keaton McKinney. It's oh, yeah, like, those are some names You know, now. Trey Killian is who it is, but it's yeah. like guys who were like solid players, like Tyler Spoon, for example, good college player, Joe Serrano, but it's like, I don't know if that team had hardly any. Bobby Warnus got drafted that year. It's like, it really it was like Benintendi and then a lot of like scrappy guys who were not big big prospects. So that might right. be the his first teams that actually accomplish anything. That's probably the fewest big leaguers. Well, we'll say though that uh, you know we we're looking forward to baseball season. I think it's fair to say, right? I would say I would say yeah. Yeah, Andrew's looking forward to it at least. <laughs> uh, I know that we are too because it's going to be nice to actually like be good in something. So, yeah. but I want to tell everybody though, Alumni Hall, they have these hats. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're getting ready for baseball season. They have these hats. They also have these hats, too. Now, you're like, whoa, what is that? Oh, it's the anthracite hat. Some people probably hate them. But these have actually been pretty hot commodities, pretty the unique Jeff hats. The Jeff Long hats. Yes, the, the Jeff Long hats. <laughs> they got them ready and wearing right there at Alumni Hall. But they got their baseball gear. They have jerseys, Razorback baseball jerseys that you can check out. And they have them all at Alumni Hall that's completely and totally available right now. In fact, we had a few people in our uh, comments actually bringing up the fact that they've been looking for baseball hats all over the place. They went to Alumni Hall, and they finally got one with their size on it. You know, it wasn't too small, wasn't too big. It was just right because they have plenty of inventory. So head over to Alumni Hall right there in Fayetteville. It's conveniently located at 3417 North College Avenue, and you can see all the different types of things that they have available for you, not just for baseball season, but for all seasons. With basketball, with football, with whatever, golf. Got great golf shirts. Got stuff for winter wear, stuff for warm wear. They have it, and they, I promise you, if you go in there and you're trying to find something they don't have and it doesn't exist. So you need to check them out today. You can also go online at nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. That's nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. You go to that website, it'll take you right to their online store, and so that way you can purchase anything and everything you want from the store itself. And the thing is, is that a lot of you may not live in the state of Arkansas or may not even live in the Fayetteville area, but because the Internet's everywhere, you can actually get any of the apparel delivered straight to your door by going to nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. So if you want one of these hats, better get in on it right now because they're not going to be around forever. So check them out today at nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. Again, uh, we're just got a few, I say a few minutes. We still got 15 minutes before we close up shop. 
uh, and getting ready for uh, the end of the show. But I wanted to bring up a few things real quick of note, uh, some stuff of, uh, did you see this? And I felt like we'd be remiss if we did not bring this part up. BYU students in the front row of the basketball game as they took on the Texas Longhorns. Uh, painted on their shirts, horns down. You know, just like body paint type stuff, H-O-R-N-S, like, you know, horns down. And then during the timeout, they were asked to remove said shirts from them. So I'm like... I can't. I can't ignore Branson letting it rip back there. Just, Listen, just yeah, that was a sneeze, by the way, folks. Nothing else. <laughs> I thought there was some some an intruder yeah, in just, the building. Yeah, he's like he was offended by what uh, he's like. He's like, sorry, he's allergic to BS, which is what this story is. So he had to sneeze to it. So, but uh, but yeah, was, I try to keep it going, but Andrew leaves to him to try to like well, call I don't think it they out. They heard or, it on the street. That's fine. It it's fine. Uh, but anyway, he's having the uh, another story of. The horns down being removed. But Texas came out and said they had nothing to do with it. Well, I was going to say, Texas deserves act, not credit here, but we always like to make fun of Texas, and that's what the horns down is. We're making fun of Texas, and that's what BYU is doing. But to be fair, this wasn't a case of Texas causing a storm and being, like, offended. That's what we would like this to be because I like to make fun of them. But uh, I, it seemed like this was a BYU being sensitive here. Shame on the Mormons for that. Yeah, grow you know up. I mean, their head, yeah, their coach literally apologized after the game. He's, like, shaming the students about it. Yeah. That's not what we're about. We don't do that. Uh, kid, oh, like, like we if there were a slur this. in there, yeah, okay, but it's like it says horns down, and that's yeah. not even a reference to anything that could be offensive, it's a reference like, to an animal, yeah, like you would legitimately think the horns down is like worse than just giving somebody the middle finger, like it's not like I just, I just want to know <laughs> who is telling them not to do this, Peta, I bet horns down, they don't like the animal abuse allegations. Do you remember when they killed the longhorn at Oklahoma State? Yeah, like, they what? did, yeah, Before they the put it on front game. of the fraternity house or something, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. You knew about that? I don't know if I knew about when was this. They killed a long This is football season. It was before the Big 12 championship or whatever. I remember when the dude poisoned the tree at Auburn or or Bama or wherever. That was awesome. They killed an actual That guy's a state hero. That was crazy. Harvey Updike. Rest in peace. Yeah, I didn't realize they killed a longhorn. Yeah. Where did you find a longhorn to kill? It was like a... I mean, it's Oklahoma State. It probably didn't take much to go find a cow. It was some kind of weird thing between fraternities over there. I, I don't remember all the details. What is it about the last them. half of this show? We always get we always start talking you're about live mascots. You're on it. That's what it is. It's like you're on it. That's the, but it's that's like we talk about, about mascots in particular and like live mascots a good bit. Oh. It's the hard-hitting stuff. It matters. It People care. Well, the, well that, uh, that longhorn died that day. So, yeah. God rest his soul. R.I.P. By the way, you remember when the so. Georgia Bulldog, who also recently died, you remember when him and Bevo had a little clash Beef. of heads at the yeah. uh, at the Sugar Bowl? That was pretty cool. That was awesome. Yeah, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, longhorns are big, man. I would not want to... I mean, we say horns down. I don't actually want to attempt to put the horns down, though. I don't know, big I just, boys. I just feel like the, the, the cow was... Or I guess I can't... It's not a cow. It's a steer. It's a stallion is what it is. It's a big, big old, big old sucker. Like... I don't know. It's like when I see Longhorns, I just I don't know. I just think of steaks. Uh, the steakhouse, yeah, yeah. Good. Like I just think of it's a decent spot. Good, good meat. And yeah. Then, or or the yes, the Longhorn Steakhouse itself. Yes, that I was thinking more of the food, <laughs> but yes, the, the restaurant <laughs> yeah. too. It's right below Texas Roadhouse on my list. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, right before Ryan's Steakhouse. I don't know if anybody even no, remembers Ryan. Ryan's. I remember Ryan's, Ryan's is an elite field trip yeah. if you can get on it. Yeah, remember, yeah, Mr. Going to there like Sunday after school, man. That was a or Sunday, up Golden after, Sunday after church, dude. I used to tear up there. the ice cream. Oh yeah, at, uh, dude, Ryan's. the dessert bar yeah. was the best part about it. the gummy bears. 
Yeah. And, and just ice cream, yeah. The last time I went to Golden Corral was my high school graduation. We let my grandpa pick where we were going. It's garbage. But they do have a Why didn't you let your grandpa pick for your graduation? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a good guy. Team player. I let things happen. You're a team yeah. player for the family. The reason I went and got Scotty coffee today. I mean, apparently I've just really, you know, penciled myself in. <laughs> the coffee guy. Man, if you're going to keep bringing it servant. up, I'm, I'm like a it's got some leader. sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of uh, behind-the-scenes thing that you're trying to pull off here by being nice to everybody. About all I'm, that. I'm, a, I'm a leader of men. I'm a nice guy. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing what I got to do, leading from the front. Of course. Yeah. Well, it's better than leading from the back. Uh, Speaking of see. leading from the back, did y'all did y'all talk about Devo and Trevin while I was gone or what? No? Y'all didn't talk about it? No. Did I miss that part of the show? You missed that part of the yeah, show. We, yeah, you missed it. You missed it. All right. It was discussed. You can go back and listen to it or watch <laughs> it on the podcast. I mean... Uh, Okay, we got to move on. Uh, something else of note, actually, just for fun, since uh, we're mailing it in here in the final ten minutes, it's kind of what we do. Uh, but how about this, uh, Christy Brinkley? You guys know Christy Brinkley, right? Yeah. Who is Christy Brinkley? Maybe been you, before you, your time a little you bit. You and your youth. Uh, ever seen the movie Vacation? Chevy Chase. Oh yeah, yeah. Original one. Remember yeah, the, yeah. the girl in the Ferrari? Yeah. Yeah, Christy okay. Brinkley. She was married to Billy Joel, okay. and everybody thought that was the weirdest thing because Billy Joel's uglier in sin. Yeah, but I mean, Billy Joel's the man. Though, so oh, yeah, no, he's the man. But threw, threw him in a pond, he could skim ugly for two weeks. You remember when people used to always be like, how did Jay-Z land Beyonce? It's like, I, I think I got a pretty good idea, I think pal. We could, yeah, I <laughs> think we could probably uh, throw it out there. Uh, anyways, about Christy Brinkley. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, she's 69 years old. Nice. And she has not closed the door, though, on love. She's single. But she says that she's not the beauty. She's the ageless beauty, is as the uh, article reads it is not sure there's a suitable person open for her. She recently admitted that she remains open to a relationship, but she is unsure about the dating pool. There just doesn't seem to be anybody out there. She lamented to the People magazine. She's been married four times, famously to Billy Joel, of course, and most recently to architect Peter Cook. Okay. Anybody know who Peter Cook is? I don't know who Peter Cook is. The architect, yeah. Like, I don't know. Oh, that guy? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's designed many great buildings. I hear. <laughs> I hear. But she also says, at the same time, I am pretty comfortable with my life the way it is. So should I, should I know what that phrase is? Okay, Sarah. Sarah? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I always said my whole life that I think that you have to be happy to be alone so that you can get with a man for the right reasons. You're not clinging to him because you need to know. You need to, you know. So anyways, uh, Christy Brinkley is uh, out there, and apparently she's trouble. She doesn't, understand, she doesn't think there's really anybody out there for her. The age of 69, who... Sounds like a sugar mama opportunity for somebody. Dude, it seems like Peter Cook was was uh, was pretty awesome, though. He was he was knighted by the Queen in 2007 for his services to architecture and teaching. He's 87 years old. Seems like he was, uh, he was a big deal. Could you imagine the knighting ceremony, how that must have been, like, the most boring knighting ceremony of all this time? This guy like, was mm, building Elton the crap John, out of those Paul buildings. Elton John, Paul McCartney, and Peter <laughs> Cook, the architect. He was building them, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I think the knighted thing is that what you get money for that? I don't know. I always wondered, like, is it just something cool to say that you're sir so and so? I feel like you should at least get a like a sword. Yeah, you like whatever sword. They use. Yeah, yeah, you should get a sword. I think a sword would be a good That's thing cool. to have. But I also think just like having the clip of the queen knighting you is pretty cool. That's also cool. You know, she's dead though, right? Yeah, this was 2007 that he got knighted. So, so but like now, is it the uh, is it Albert? No, who who knights people now? Meghan Markle, I think. 
That's right. I did hear that's about right, that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It has to be, yeah, yeah, you know, Meghan Markle. <laughs> She's the one. <laughs> She's the one that's knighting everybody and saying respect my privacy and <laughs> wanting yeah. attention all the time. Yeah. The world privacy tour. Great South Park episode, by the way. <laughs> so, man, yeah, we really go off the rails here. How much of us? Baddie must Meghan Markle be to be able to literally pull somebody away from the royal family. Like he's just yeah. like the hell with it, man. I'm out. I'm following this chick. I don't know. Or could it be just something that maybe he's just like he doesn't really know what what it's like not being in the family? Because I'm wondering if he regrets it a little bit. You know, what I'm, I'm saying? sure. Well, and I think also, like, yeah. I think he probably hated money the family he got to begin everything. with. Uh, but I also think this was all like I don't think you know. I think they also planned on leaving and making a thing out of it. I mean, I haven't read the book that, that he wrote apparently, but I didn't know there was a book. Hillary showed me this TikTok account that like is this woman that re that like has the clips because the audio version of his book, it's so ridiculous. He's like telling all these stories and this this TikTok account will like act out the stories as he's audio oh reading gosh, them and they're like that's probably so pretentious, so stupid. <laughs> um yeah. I also like I got you know, not not making light of any any situation. But like, I found out Meghan Markle was black via them being like, "Oh, it's just so hard to be married to someone black in the royal family." And I was like, "Meghan Markle," but I guess, I guess technically she is, she is black. Former former suits suits actress Meghan Markle. That's right. Yeah, she did act. I remember that part. I feel like I've seen all of Suits without watching an episode, like just via Instagram reels. Yeah. So it's there for stories. Well, and yeah. it's like Suits has almost had a resurgence after Succession. It's mm. like other shows that were similar and people would be like, oh, this is kind of like Suits. You know what I mean? I didn't watch Suits. I'm just basing it off my folks that do that do watch Suits. There we go. Okay, um, so I may, may need y'all to help me out with this because I just got came across it. What's this thing about Jeff Goodman? Apparently he got ooh, Okay, we were trying to figure that out right before <laughs> the show started, Scotty and I. And uh, for whatever – well, first of all, he's a, he's a drunk. Um, but Happens. I think he just like, – he's had a lot of issues in the past and like gotten let go from – different jobs or whatever, he's but I guess gun. he's just been like sliding in the wrong DMs or whatever and like threatening litigation. And like, I, I don't, I don't know all the details, but yeah. I guess he, uh, I guess he overstepped and now it's just this huge yeah, ordeal. From, from he does this, this a lot. You remember when he went and covered the ball family in Lithuania? Yeah. Oh and yeah. And they even hated him. Like even, I mean, now LeVar Ball hates a lot of people, but it's like, even they were like, this dude's a weirdo. Right. Like, he's just following us around and stuff. Like he's a, he seems to piss off a lot of people. Was it was either he's, he's the shooters? Need shooters? See that guy? Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah at the NCAA tournament, is like, never gonna yeah. win out shooters. Like he's got a mouthful of nuts when he's trying to say it. Yeah, <laughs> no that, shooters. That guy. Yeah, what gave it away that he was an alcoholic? Was it the fact that he slurs a lot? Uh, was that was that it? Well, that. But then, like, they do the like the field of sixty-eight, and he's just hammering beers. Which yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, you know, I, I hear that if you hammer beers, you can. That Maybe is get usually drunk. the end goal of that. That's yes, saying I haven't that partaken true. during a right. recent live stream, but, uh, you know, yeah. just I mean, hey, in moderation. All happens. <laughs> I've well, been pretty good <laughs> about not being, like, under the influence when we're on camera lately. That's good. It's good. It's a good thing to be. Now, Wednesday night's game, I made no promises, but. Yeah. Well, maybe we can actually enjoy some Lucky Lukes for a change. Or, uh, I'm hoping so, man. Yeah. Just, you know, we won't, we might have to go at, like, three. Yeah, we may just have to do the show live from there. It's a great idea. No free okay, ads, yeah, though. Just, yeah, yeah. No free ads. <laughs> no free ads. Uh, but I guess That's what it was is, is that... All free ads on this show. It seems like we're yeah. just... Whoever's just not on the there. show that day has to just go like an hour yeah, just like, yeah, just Go pick up the, the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah just sit enough. there forever. <laughs> so I guess this guy says uh, on Twitter, he says, like, I started BEF, I guess this is a company, simply because nobody else was making films about this league and the ESPN Requiem doc felt like it was a slide against the current iteration of the conference. Big words. Uh, yeah, 11 films. Xavier was going to be the next one and do a deep dive on uh, Cincinnati. 
The field of 68 guys really didn't like it. Here's what Goodman DM'd me after it first came out. And uh, I guess we can click on this and see what the uh, actual image is. It says, uh, told you you would be getting sued, is what Jeff Goodman said. It's your source, Rob Doster. He says, nah, my source is a damn good, though. You honestly might lose a lot of money for this. I think I don't think you will serve time, though. <laughs> the guy says, got it. Are you Team Shirts or Team Wade? And then I guess Jeff Goodman also says, how do you look in orange? Like orange is a new black, I assume. Prison. Ah, Yeah, I get it. And then he's like, <laughs> oh. Uh, the guy responds with, which is it? You should hire a writer for this kind of thing. Jeff Goodman responds, I'm just making sure in case. I honestly can't believe you produced that. So, okay, whatever. Weird flex. Um, so, I guess a Blue Demon Degen is what it goes by. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyways, they have a historically great relationship, and it had to be coming from who Rob Doster. Is he the guy on Field of 68, right? Yeah. He's the other guy? He's the one that's always with Goodman. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess there was some sort of, like, crazy trauma with the stuff about the film and about how they really liked it. And apparently, yeah, the DMs are on fire. And now everybody's coming out against Jeff Goodman, who never had, ever had an issue with him and trying to pile onto it. So, If you ask me, Jeff Badman. <laughs> See what you did there? Stop. I'd gum it. <laughs> Jeff Badman. I will say, I gave, I'll, give, uh, I'll give Jeff Goodman credit for this. Like I said, say what you want about him. I will give him credit that he actually did come on my radio show the day after... The uh, Mike Anderson firing because he oh, really did he not did. like Mike Anderson. <laughs> I bet he yeah. did. I'm, and I'm sure dude, he, he was, was crazy about Mike yeah, he, Anderson. He, he was like, not like he him. shouldn't have a job in this business. I'm like, bro, relax. Yeah, it's like yeah. Isn't, it ain't that critical. But also, he was on hold during the time because Mike Anderson Jr. had called in on the show to talk about it, and he waited. Oh wow! Oh, and I was I gave him credit, Mike, because let's be honest, more people probably wanted to hear from Mike Anderson Jr. than they did Jeff yeah. Goodman. But he waited, and he heard it, and he listened to it, and then he played it very politically and very nice. But still, it was hey, interesting. Hey, back to Jeff Goodman. <laughs> Keeps going back and forth, going back, <laughs> bouncing back and forth in the spectrum and everything. So, Because yeah. who, who's y'all's go-to college basketball guy nationally? Curtis Wilkerson. Yes, okay. Uh, but, I mean. Thanks for that. Yes. I don't know. I mean, like. I got to be honest. It's evolved over. Every year, I feel like it's a different guy that I, like, trust for it. But what even, do you got? Even though I didn't agree with him at the beginning of the year and I probably should have though it's it's always been Norlander for me yeah. he, he's really good. really good yeah, yeah he's good see I, I, it goes to where I don't know I find things entertaining right and John Rothstein just entertains me oh, so I, love oh I like Rothstein love yeah like, I, I, I like unironically enjoy Rothstein like yeah. really do because at least he like he ain't trying to be that's who he is right like his old phrases and all that you're kind of like what in the world you know, you waking up and say, stay hungry, stay humble, you know. Right. Well, and like this, that's just who he is, though. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, he used to do stuff with, like, the Barstool guys. And, like, yeah, he and that's just he is he a is, college yeah. basketball guy through and through. And, like, he doesn't pretend to be anything else. But I feel and like I college like basketball is produced, like, a guy like a Dick Vitale, a guy like, like just mm. unique personalities yeah. in college basketball more so than anything else. Of, All the other coaches than just are crazy, existing. too. Like, every college basketball coach to a T is, like, they're yeah, all nuts. Like, yeah, every single one of them, and they have big, huge personalities. It's a college basketball is a, a unique place in the world. It just makes you wonder why that more so than others, than other sports. Yeah, because like football, I mean, football has its share of characters, but it's like it doesn't seem as consistent. Like every single right. team has a psycho coach and three players that are you know doing stuff. Like I don't know, like the the people that cover college football don't seem as like self important. I guess. Yeah. You know, like I mean, there's mm -hmm. there's the the people that are that are like that or what's the guy's name 
I don't know the dude's name, but dudes that cover college football, there's one of them that like hates college football. And maybe not Andy State. Dan he's legit. Walken is the one I'm thinking oh. of. The only oh. ones that in college football that are weird like that are those guys who, again, I don't even think like college football. Yeah, I don't like think- they're just like reporters who like are covering college football because it's popular, but they're trying to do other stuff. Uh, and like even Marty Smith, uh, the ESP, the SEC Network guy, like he doesn't give a shit about college football. He just is covering it because it's popular. He, and he wants on, to do he NASCAR. Started NASCAR, right? Was that his yeah, thing? Yeah. And like, look, I don't He's have a problem with NASCAR, it, but I think I think college football attracts people who like are just people who want to be famous. Whereas college basketball, the people that are in college basketball are basketball. Yeah, they, they're through they're, they're through. big basketball yeah. people. Yeah, and like the people that are national, like Norlander and Goodman and for whoever, they are truly basketball guys. Whereas like football, it's like. You know, if you want to be famous, you cover college football and then whatever. Yeah. Same with the NFL. With too. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up. What did you guys learn? Did Andrew, did you learn anything in your five minutes that you were here on the show? Well, I'll have to go back and listen to the first half. Uh, so that way you see can how you guys covered yeah. the topics and see, uh, see, give you all my critiques. I'll text y'all later tonight. But, Thank uh, you. Yes. Let us know. Please. No, I learned uh, that my big chicken hat still looks good. Uh, it still plays. You know, I, I was, I like the way it looked on the Natty State six pack this morning, uh, which everyone should tune into as well as the pot at the palace. Um, I'm a better man than I was yesterday, and that's all I can ask. I like it. I think I learned that uh, I did not dine at a, at a place named after a beaver in Des Moines. Yeah, so I, I, I heard that happen. That was tough. I walked in right yeah. as y'all were having that conversation. Yeah, didn't happen. Fake news. My bad. Yeah. Buzzard Billy's, though. Shout yeah, out Buzzard to Billy's was good. Yeah. Buzzard Billy's was good. And uh, what I learned today is that Bob Holt does indeed have the technology to be able to watch our show here at John Haber's show <laughs> yeah. and uh, United States Sports. So. Massive development. We'll get Bob yeah. in, in the office. Oh, we're going we'll to. We'll get him here soon. Once we have a studio that's actually set up in a way to where we can really show it off, I know it looks great right now in the camera angles, but we're going to get to that point, and then we're going to start having a lot of in-studio guests and everything, So, but it will be great. But either way, appreciate everybody listening in and watching in to the John Neighbors show. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show itself on YouTube and follow us on social media at Natty State Sports. And uh, we're going to keep it going, keep having some great content that's going to be out each and every day dealing with everything going on here in the Natty State. So for Scotty Borderland, as well as Andrew Ellis and Curtis Wilkerson, I am John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you then.